0: A boy and his mother, people being murdered, a doll named Chucky? All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing child's play on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. My buddy. It's gonna keep doing it the whole time. time. sorry. you have to edit a lot, Reggie, you're around me singing. I randomly. don't think
1: it that I will.
0: <laughs> yeah. Alright, go ahead.
1: I'm Reggie Parker.
0: And I'm Dan Buhick. Welcome to another episode of Retro, Retro versus, versus remake. remake.
1: Best Buddies Edition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the series we where we discuss films and their remakes. Join us as we ask the question, should this remake exist? Today's movies are Child's Play. So let's start with the original Child's Play, 1988. Starring Alex Vincent, Catherine Hicks, Chris Randon, Diana Mandoff, and Brad Dourif as Chucky. Directed by Tom Holland, not Spider-Man. Damn. Screenplay by Don Mancini, John LaFia, and Tom Holland. Music by Joe Renzetti. Child's Play 2019, starring Aubrey Plaza, Gabriel Bateman, Brian Tyree Henry, Tim Matheson, and Mark Hamill as Chucky. Directed by Lars Clevberg, Screenplay by Tyler Burton-Smith. And music by Bear McCreary. Now this is an interesting guy, because he did the music of God of War 4, but not only did he do the music that... Any fans of Console Wars listen to this will be interested to know that he actually arranged James Rolfe's, that's right, the Angry Video Game Nerds, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch parody, the You're a Mean One, Mr. Nerd, for the 2010 Christmas special with orchestra and 8-bit audio elements. So he worked with James Rolfe. He was one of the inspirations for console wars. I've met James Rolfe. I practically feel like I know this guy. Reggie, I think I worked on the remake, pretty much, is what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) Now, all kidding aside, what is your first experience with either film?
1: Well, we've talked about this briefly with episodes like Amityville Horror and things like that. I'm not a huge fan of the horror genre. It's just, I don't like to pay money to be scared. That's (laughs) sort of my rationale. So, Child's Play, the original, I'm obviously, it's in the zeitgeist. I'm very aware of Chucky, his hijinks and what he gets into. But I've never watched the film because I'm a big bitch. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, I never grew out of that phase in my life, and I... This is my first time seeing the reboot as well.
0: Cool, cool. I had seen Child's Play movies before. I thought I'd seen the first one. Turns out I never had. The only one I'd seen were 2 and 3, which were, I guess, were just on more. Uh, So I'd seen those two, was familiar with it. Wasn't familiar with the origins. It's a good thing, because now I know. Now I know the origins of Chucky. So I'd never seen the original, and I'd never seen the reboot. I barely remember it coming out, even. Like, I remember... The thing I remember most is, like, they did a thing because Toy Story 4 came out around the same time. So they had a bunch of posters with Chucky and, like, the dead Toy Story characters on the poster. That's the most I remember about it.
1: Yeah, I kind of, like, vaguely remember watching another movie, seeing a trailer, and being like, huh, guess they're doing that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I was like, oh, we're going to have to do an episode on
0: that one day. And here we are. All right, so there's a lot of differences. Like you said, this is actually more of a reboot. So let's compare what's different. But before that, a little brief. Very brief synopsis. Luckily for me, though, not the names are the same, so this will be a little easier. Here we go. Hardworking Karen Barclay wants to get a present for her son, Andy. She doesn't have any money, but she's able to get this popular doll through not-so-legal means. Andy loves his new doll, called Chucky, but Chucky's not like the other dolls. This one has a dark secret. People start dying. Lead detective Mike Norris can't figure out who's doing it, but Andy knows. Andy knows Chucky is the one doing the killing, but his mom doesn't believe him. Chucky continues to go on his killing spree. Eventually, Mrs. Barclay and Detective Norris realize that the doll is killing. Andy, Mrs. Barclay, and Detective Norris all team up and are able to take Chucky down. Things go back to normal, and they live happily ever after. Or do they? Okay, well, that's very brief. Like we said, the 2019 reboot is very different. So, other than going into the plot, I think... We will get to the plot if we just talk about our main villain, our star of both films, our Chucky's. So, um, the original Chucky, portrayed and voiced by Brad Dourif, and then in the reboot, he is just voiced by Mark Hamill. Maybe we should start with their backstories, because they are very different. Do you want to do this?
1: I'll I'll lead off with, uh, I guess, our original. So, (laughs) the movie opens, we have uh, this detective, I guess, Detective Norris, we find out. Chasing this very kind of scraggly-looking Brad Dorf <laughs> through the streets. They're shooting at each other. And, uh, you know, we learned that Brad Dorf is a serial killer named Charles Lee Ray. And more or less, he, uh, he's a serial strangler. And <laughs> this detective is going to shoot him. Um, so during the shootout, right, the getaway driver, who we'll talk about a little bit later, because all
0: serial killers have getaway drivers.
1: Of course. Just throwing that out. Of course. You know, it's a roaming team of uh, serial killers. It's, <laughs> I mean, like, do I want to get in that? Dan, serial killers generally don't make a lot of money serial killing. So I don't know what the incentive for the getaway driver is.
0: They usually work alone, too. Yeah. Usually.
1: Which, which would have been smart because his getaway driver gets spooked and just drives <laughs> off. Uh, the first sign of danger. Um it's going to be tough to just this, I, describe the plot out loud. <laughs> describing the plot is what, what I'm here for. So Charles Lee Ray is really pissed because his getaway drivers getting away without him. And Eddie
0: Caputo. I just want to throw it out there. Nice gangster name, Eddie Caputo. <laughs> Eddie,
1: Eddie Caputo. Yes. So Eddie's just like, fuck this. I am out. And Chucky, Charles Ray, tries to basically slip away. He finds some toy store, basically. Cracks the window, you know, setting off the alarm, goes into the, the toy store. The, the detective's a bad shot. He's a bad shot. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the detective is able to shoot him enough that I would have thought he would have died right there on the spot. But uh, as he begins to die in the toy store, he uh, remembers his voodoo training. and <laughs> As serial killers do. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Give me the strength. I'm going to get you in, Caputo. Uh, (laughs) He says some vague gibberish that I guess is voodoo. Dies onto a best friend's doll or whatever the hell it is. Good guy doll is what they're called. Thank you. A good guy doll. Lightning comes, explodes the entire... entire (laughs) As we all know, after you do some voodoo, (laughs) lightning makes everything explode. I will say this. I do appreciate this 80s uh, lightning storm. Uh, We're all very familiar with the effect. Clouds coming out of nowhere, random blue squigglies. Um, and for some reason, an explosion. The detective has to assume that Charles Lee Ray is dead here. And uh, but wouldn't you know that voodoo that he do <laughs> more or less? Um, this voodoo blood pact has caused Charles Ray, and we'll learn this, uh, to become or you know, embody a uh. A good friend's... I, I know you said it the right way, and I'm going to keep saying it the wrong good way. Good guy. Good <laughs> guy. <laughs> so make that a drinking game every time I mess that up. Uh, <laughs> so he is in a good guy doll, and that is just to set the stage. That's our origin for the uh, this original Chucky.
0: Mm-hmm. It is a very different origin in our 2019 reboot. No serial killer. No voodoo. Mm-hmm. None of that stuff. Instead... We have Chucky, he's made by this corporation, this huge corporation that makes all these smart devices, Castlin, And Chucky is not just an ordinary doll, he's actually a smart doll. He's sort of like uh, an Alexa, yeah. right? Tell him to do this, he'll cloud with every other smart device you have and he'll do it yeah, if, for you.
1: If, for the people, if you haven't seen it, I mean, go watch them if you're watching <laughs> it. But uh, also, it's kind of like if you took a Cabbage Patch doll and slammed a, an Alexa into it, like you said.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, we're in Vietnam. where um, I'm sure we're in a sweatshop. <laughs> very realistic <laughs> just, uh, sweatshop. These very, uh, high-tech things. Uh, people being paid pennies. Anyway, that's for another podcast. Uh, so this guy, I don't know, just kind of staring out into space. His boss comes to him. He's like, that's it. You're fired. He's like, oh, man, I'm fired. Might as well be a piece of shit in my last act of life. So, these, uh, good guy not good guys i'm sorry they're called buddies in the reboot b-u-d-d-i get it they're tech savvy um so they're called buddies and he takes off all these uh sort of safety precautions that are put into these machines because all children's toys need safety precautions or else they'll kill people apparently um so he takes off all the safety protocols and we're like oh man what's he gonna do now no he just kills himself immediately (laughs) after that this good guy doll Ah, now i'm messing it up (laughs) this buddy doll uh gets eventually shipped to america and then um some woman returns it and that's kind of his origin that's a
1: jumping off point seems like are they trying to make a statement about smart homes and ai and stuff like that like uh is is there a reason that the robot breaks the the irobot rules like don't hurt people
0: (laughs) i mean it could be making that statement i don't think that's the intent of the movie because it really doesn't Focus on that, and it there's not too many scenes where like devices in the house are really like an issue. It's more like outside the house where um you see like that control or that dependence on technology kind of wreaks havoc on the people. So I don't think they're trying to say that.
1: Yeah, so I guess in that case, then what we're kind of going up against here is one uh, a little bit of 80s magic with uh, the voodoo, and then this particular reboot, or remake, whatever we want to call it, is grounding itself in some sort of realism. Because I guess you could see a disgruntled Vietnamese sweatshop employee getting real mad, uh, reprogramming a doll and sending it to the U.S. So that's, that's realistic.
0: Yeah. So I'll give the reboot points there for the realistic thing. But as we go along, <laughs> it, gets, it gets, I don't know, it, it loses its realism for me as uh, we meet Andy and everything. I guess we'll just talk a little bit about Andy right now because he is very different in both movies. Yes. He's six years old. In the original, and he's like a preteen. In this reboot, and uh, a six-year-old getting a doll makes sense. A preteen getting a doll—it was really hard for me to buy it, even with all the smart capabilities of a doll. It just seemed like I don't know. It just didn't seem like a kid would want a doll at that age.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even our Andy character mentions that at the beginning of the film. He says, you know, more or less, that that's for babies. In the, uh, the remake, you've got Gabriel Bateman playing Andy. In the original, it's Alex Vincent. Like you mentioned, Gabriel being the age that he is, it is a, it is a harder sell. And even he says it in the film that, you know, this is for babies. It, you know, just to have to make that mental sort of note for yourself and get past that, that's already, in my opinion, and I think you're getting at this, a bit of a stumbling block. The mm-hmm. age range doesn't make sense, and it sort of changes... Sort of the entire flavor of the film compared to the original. Whereas you've got alex vinson who's so young that it is easier for adults to just dismiss him when he says things that are that are happening. Whereas like a preteen, I don't know, you just have a little bit more ability to vocalize things. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what's your what's your feel on the age difference here?
0: I didn't like that they made Andy older. Kind of just. Jumping on what you said not only like is he a little more believable, he has a little more agency mm-hmm. too as a preteen, like he could protect himself more, or protect others. Hide evidence. Little six year <clears throat> high evidence. <devious. laughs> little six year old man, I was worried about that little kid the whole time. Oh God, yeah. I'm like, man, people aren't believing him, they think it's him, like this dog can hurt him no matter what. It's there's it so much more vulnerable in the original. he is in the reboot because not only is he older but he also has friends too helping him right so he's alone young vulnerable in the original and then he's older has more agency has friends stronger physically Mm -hmm. for sure so it's just it worked better as the younger andy than it certainly did in the reboot and like I said too the, the whole like eleven year or I don't know how old he is, but he's old enough where I like I, I don't think a boy like that would want a doll
1: yeah, yeah and i I guess as a sort of like preteen let's just put him in that like 11 12 range uh, mm-hmm. tops you know um I don't know once things started getting kind of squirrely, I understand sort of the initial impulse to sort of cover things up and you know try not to get in trouble but at a certain point it just starts to get you know beyond where you should be trying to handle it and mm-hmm. I know uh, in the film, that that character does sort of blame himself. The older Andy does sort of take responsibility for some of the things that are happening. Um, You know, I I often talk about this in film. Not really a fair assessment for him to take that on himself. But uh, like you mentioned, the the young kid, I mean, there's nothing he can do. You're not going to believe what he's saying. It is just a doll as far as everyone's concerned. It's It's less believable that the doll would be talking because of how rudimentary Chucky is in the original versus the, uh, the remake, where, okay, it's connected to smart devices, recording capabilities and stuff like that. It's just such a different experience to have this innocent kid mm-hmm. being just terrorized throughout this entire film. And I mean, I don't know about you, but like just honestly, I'm sure we'll talk about this more when we talk about some of the deaths and stuff like that. Given who's being sort of attacked in this, I was very uneasy throughout uh, throughout that first film, just looking at, you know, you got the single mother, you got the, the small kid. You, it, it should, it's a frightening kind of proposition, what's happening. And I think in the remake, it's frightening for different reasons. It seems to be, like you mentioned with the friends and everything, it seems to be like a bigger issue for society writ large versus this, like, small kid.
0: Yeah. And I'll jump in on something else you said. You said, like, the younger kid's just a lot more innocent. He's, you know, he's naive. He doesn't necessarily know... That this is an evil doll, you know. Maybe he thinks this is the doll, and this is what they do, and maybe he doesn't know the difference between good and bad, and maybe mm-hmm. that's he's sort of learning. Okay, maybe you are supposed to be killing people, you know. But the eleven-year-old or twelve-year-old, he's he already knows the difference between right and wrong. And it's like he's holding on to that doll well after it's done some pretty evil right, things. Right. Right. So, um, again, it's just easier to believe that the younger Andy's kind of letting this happen when it's like the older Andy. You're like, what are you doing? Come on, <laughs> get yep. on get on board here like get rid of that stupid doll
1: yeah yeah um specifically and uh i want to kind of save this for the deaths but specifically in his attempt to cover up something like how far he lets it go into the film i'm like dude you you are outside of your death like we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get along Mm -hmm. but uh like you said you got this kind of sweet innocent kid who the doll's talking to him you know when no one else is listening and you know it is influencing things that he does whether it's uh whether it's, you know, leaving school to go across town (laughs) to, like, a bad part of town. Like, he's easily influenced, and that influence, like you said, one, not even knowing right or wrong necessarily, and then two, just not knowing to say, hey, even if you do say not being believed, to say that, hey, this doll is doing something jacked up. And I know I don't want to keep harping on it too much, but, like, with the 11- and 12-year-old, especially with friends, especially with people that would kind of have seen the doll doing things, you know, at a certain point. It's like, hey, you guys need to, like, I don't know, get an adult.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and uh, there's another thing, just going back to Chucky, that the original film does that the new film really can't do because, like you said, the old Chucky's very limited with what he can do, like, speaking-wise, technologically. Just a lot more advanced than the reboot. So um, the original does this great thing for, like, the first half of the movie where... You don't exactly see Chucky do these evil things, so as an audience member, if you know if you're seeing this the first time and not seeing all those other billions of sequels that came out afterwards, um, it could be like in your head, like maybe it is Andy just doing this, because we don't actually see Chucky like as we know him to like just be killing people. Like we see like maybe a small hand, or we see Chucky like there or not there, but that could all be in Andy's head. You don't know yeah. um so they do a really good job of sort of like messing with you as an audience member like is it andy is it chucky who knows and then the reboot they don't do anything like that because it's you know chucky you know he can move you know he's defective he's got the red eyes he looks crazy he tried to choke a cat he saw that so it's like okay it's definitely the doll right there's no question in my mind so I again just appreciate what that original did, as stupid as that premise is, because let's just agree, <laughs> yeah. a fucking voodoo tr- body transfer is one of the stupidest premises
1: premises <laughs> ever
0: <laughs> um pretty terrible, but uh it's afterwards what they do with it it's, it really works in that original film, yeah
1: yeah, I mean, if you can get past kind of the very dumb origins because it's very dumb uh, uh you know, and I was able to, at a certain point get past that Um mm-hmm. It is sort of terrifying. Like you mentioned, you, you could film this a different way and have it be the kid, you know, mm-hmm. like that. That's like you mentioned that first half of the film. That's that's a very plausible film that you could make, but <clears throat> you know, I I don't know. Like it's the little things that cause the terror in that original film, which is we kind of know the dolls messed up, and you know, it's it starts small. Like oh, he turns on the TV. Okay, wh- whatever, you know, he's mm-hmm. walking around the house. All right, fine. And that ramp up is just so jarring because you really, like you mentioned, you really don't know what the doll is capable of. And I think that does come back to, once again, sort of this rudimentary doll. You know, you expect it to say a couple catchphrases, uh, you know, blink here and there. And that's where the sort of terror comes. is like, is this doll going to act like a stupid toy doll or is it going to act like Charles Lee Ray, the serial killer? And there's so much uh, play that that they have with how this doll acts and interacts with people because it more or less can just play possum at any given time. And next thing you know, he's just, I mean, wherever. He shows up in all kinds of different places in the film. And it's uh, it works very well, like you mentioned.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just have to mention um, there was a film that kind of did that where there was a doll and you thought it was the doll but it turned out to be the kid. Just throwing this out there a uh, made for TV movie called Pinocchio's Revenge. <laughs> it's as bad as it sounds but they did exactly that. They uh, had the doll they had the kid and you think it's the doll but it's actually the kid at the end of the movie so just throwing that out there if anybody's seeing that let me know because that would be awesome it's a ne- mid 90's movie great terrible movie um, adding on to like how they messed with you um andy in the original film it also dresses exactly like chucky yeah right so when they show those close-ups of like maybe little feet or just like somebody moved by or little hand it's all it's all chucky's clothes could be alex's clothes you don't know they're really messing with you a lot in that original film that it's really fun and it really draws you in
1: yeah yeah and i think another thing and again i, I know it'd be hard to do a voodoo transfer film in uh, the 2000s, but uh, the movie is sort of more streamlined. There's just less characters to kind of clutter uh, the film, especially like major characters. And it really is this kind of uh, this issue of the small child and the mom dealing with this extraordinary situation. And that's sort of the central focus. Is Andy going to be okay? Because no one believes him. They basically think he's nuts. And this mother is going to lose her kid and she knows intuitively that it has to be something else, uh, that it can't be her son. Whereas in his remake, uh, by making him 12, we, or 11, whatever, we introduce these sort of preteen problems, like the mom is actually, in this situation, we'll talk about it more, but the mom's trying to date, you know, she's trying to get him to make friends, and there's just so much more that's happening for Andy in the remake that sort of detracts from that underlying story, and like you said, just by adding those different support systems, like he already knows the detective, he has a group of friends, by adding that support system, it gives him a lot of strength and gets him out of jams that we know Andy doesn't have uh, in the original, the same support, or well, there's no backup coming if uh, if he's at the Looney house and Chucky shows up, There, like no one's going to help him, and it, it yeah. just creates more tension.
0: Yeah, there's no support system in the original, and I think that not only like, makes Andy more vulnerable, but also strengthens the bond between Andy and his mom, right? Because there are central characters. They're all each other has, you know, Mm -hmm. in that original film. Like you said in the reboot, the mom's dating Shane, Andy's making new friends. There's a lot of people here. There's not so much of a strong bond between Andy and his mom in the reboot.
1: There's actually a considerable amount of tension there, if you you, uh, look at it. You know, one with him not going out and meeting friends. She's really trying to push him there and sort of chastises him for that. She's trying to make it work with Shane and she thinks that he's undermining that a bit, you know, um, in terms of sort of believability. There's just different things that happen throughout the film that kind of undermine their relationship. And it's reasonable for a preteen, which again goes back to that original choice of, by making him a preteen, you now have that sort of teenage I hate you mom thing going on, I hate you Shane. And it's it's a different story arc than Mm -hmm. what we're dealing with. And as you mentioned, Beyond that, the original sin, as it were, is that why is this kid playing with this doll? You you right. want you want me to believe that a bunch of kids who like hang out in the streets and like you know get into like little, little you know little kid trouble and stuff like that are all obsessed with these buddy dolls? That doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't ring true to me at all. When you have them like watching scary movies together and stuff like that, like one of you has a doll. <laughs> why? <laughs> I would get roasted by my friends if I was twelve and I had like. You remember those My Buddy dolls? If I have one of those, I, it's, yeah. it's just not age-appropriate.
0: Yeah, didn't work. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here. Uh, should we talk about the voice acting for Chucky? Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so before we conclude our Chucky comparisons, let's talk about the voice acting. So as we said before, we have Brad Dourif as the original Chucky and Mark Hamill as the reboot Chucky. Now, Mark Hamill... One of the great voice actors. We grew up, obviously, Luke Skywalker, but Joker, you know, very great. Does a pretty good job here, too. I didn't even realize it was him until uh, towards the end of the film, where he does kind of sound a little bit like Joker that's coming out there. But Brad Dura, interesting performance, because he's not the only voice of Chucky. We have our sort of original good guy voice, a very high-pitched, very, you know, close to like a young child's voice. And when he becomes... Charles E. Ray, that first time, man, yeah. that turn from, hi, I'm your friend, to, I'm gonna fucking kill you, bitch! Oh, you That's bitch. just like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like That just like took the air out of the room. I was like, wow, this is fucking intense. So, that turn <laughs> in the original was awesome. Yeah. I, I really appreciated that. And then he's kind of like that the whole rest of the movie. Mark Hamill doesn't really have a turn like that because he's not really a serial killer. He just... Uh, wants Andy like all for himself, and he just kind of comes like obsessive with Andy, yeah. so he's not really crazy. But you got a serial killer who's kind of faking it, and then he's like, All right, I'm just I don't want to die in the fire, I'm gonna fucking right. just unload on you. So,
1: oh, fuck uh, fuck I was just like, mm-. oh, no. <laughs> it was, It's crazy, the original. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy, it's so much in many ways, it's so much fun, yeah. No, like Hamill is playing, and I think Hamill plays it well, like he does get into that sort of. Autonomous, that sort of robot. Hi, I'm your friend, and I'm going to stay in this register, even though I'm killing your cat. That happens throughout the film, and like, there's some instances where he kind of like elevates and gets, like you said, gets a little bit more jokery by the end. Like you said, there's there's just something about that dwarf voice, like you got this smoker's cough voice coming out of this little doll, and uh, uh and even as you mentioned, the language that he's using, <laughs> you bitch, you know, like it's. It's such a departure, as you mentioned, from where we were. You don't, you don't get that in the remake, and it's a character in and of itself. Like Charles Lee Ray as Chucky is a separate character than Chucky. You know, it's it's a very, which makes sense because it's a man and a doll, and a doll is a man. Yeah. Right, remember that stupid uh, set up they had in the beginning. Dumb, Blue. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, no, I mean, like, it fits the tone of the film very much because I'll say this, like, I think both of them do take place in Chicago, more or less. Charles Lee Ray takes Andy, the small child, and the mother by proxy in these very sort of seedy and dangerous places, like mm. some of the dilapidated buildings that they go to. And again, seeing a small child go to, like, the bad side of town is is terrifying. In itself, taking out the fact that he has a serial killer doll with him. And I don't know, like, it just, his tone fits so much the tone of the setting of the film. It is really impressive. It, re- it really is. And, you know, not to take anything away from Hamill, because, like you mentioned, Hamill is such a good actor, but, like, you know, we've sort of seen different portrayals like this of the robot, as it were, becoming, you know, mm-hmm. kind of creepy. It, uh, we've seen that character before. Yeah.
0: I mean, he like he, you said before, he was really good at kind of keeping that calm tone after he did these horrific things, which is creepy in its own thing. Mm-hmm. But I just think that that turn of that original Chucky, just the shock of like, wow, this guy's the language coming out of his mouth. It's like you forget that you're watching a horror movie until he like just starts cursing. So it's, it's just a fun turn. I really enjoyed it. And not only does his like voice change, in the original movie, not only is he like in the doll, he's starting to become more human. So he's starting to kind of look like Charles E. Ray. Mm-hmm. So his face changes a little bit, hairline recedes a little <laughs> bit more, starts to look like the original actor. It's just a really fun turn. If you can get past that weird premise of the voodoo, this Chucky, is you go on a fun uh,
1: ride with him. I will say this. I don't want to dive in this too much because I think we'll talk about this when we start talking about how people die in the films. But uh, the one downside, and I think it's just kind of a sign of the times, to the Charles Lee Ray Chucky is, again, we mentioned the doll itself is limited because of uh, technology at the time. The way Chucky moves and does things is Mm -hmm. very cheesy, Mm -hmm. hokey. Um, There... it works um, as a total package but there are moments where it it's a little goofy and I know it's scary but it's kind of comedic in a lot of ways that uh, I'll give the reboot this that when they kind of get going it's uh, it's just fucked up like its yeah <laughs> it's, not, it's not like <laughs> oh this is kind of funny it's just like I don't I don't find much of this funny at all whereas like I don't know there's something about that like I'm imagining the doll kind of like smoking his pack of cigarettes while he's staking out the <laughs> the people he wants revenge on. and I don't know it, it's a different it's a different take and it just I guess it depends on what you what you want, but I'll was, I was say that the original Chucky falls more into the genre of camp versus mm-hmm. this reboot where it starts to get a little more uh I don't know horror real, realist, I guess I don't know what mm-hmm. you described, but just wanted to mention that before we really dive into. Yeah, No,
0: that's a good point. A lot of the original Chucky, a lot of his, uh, I guess, the horror he does or, like, the evil he does, it's, it's a lot due to a lot of good editing. Because if, like, if anybody just saw, like, a doll that's, like, less than two feet and then coming at them, it's like, no problem. A yeah. little, little fucking doll. So a lot of quick cuts here. It's like, maybe Chucky's really fast. Maybe he's really super strong. It's like, you don't actually see it because we're cutting so quick. So mm. an adult fighting with, like, this small doll is so ridiculous it is. Uh, but they do the cuts really well so it seems scary enough and you're able to kind of like all right i guess i'm buying the voodoo shit so mm-hmm. i can buy this shit too yeah. um yeah so that's the one thing the chucky definitely does a lot better in the reboot is just like it's more believable like we already said just the whole premise and it's definitely more believable how a little doll is able to kill a bunch of people absolutely absolutely but overall i guess if i had to pick one I got to pick the original Chucky. Just that he was a bigger threat to Andy. I like the whole psychological thing. Like, is it Andy? Is it Chucky? And then that turn when he becomes that villain. It's just, it's a really fun turn. So I got to give points to the original. Yeah.
1: And just to sort of piggyback on that. And I'm also giving points to the original. But uh, here's something that really makes it different. It's so random in the remake. There's no real connection to anybody. Just the doll happens to be evil. Like, Charles Lee Ray's revenge plot, and as we learn later, sort of, kind of his way out of this doll thing.
0: Oh, let's get into that. we we going to yeah, talk yeah. about that. Okay. Let's talk about it. So, so why... <laughs> Go ahead, Reggie.
1: So <laughs> Explain the voodoo to us. <laughs> okay, so... The voodoo. Um, Charles Lee Ray has a lot of different connections throughout the city. Uh, one with Caputo, who's just the getaway driver, and then a, a gentleman that we'll come to later, uh, was it Voodoo John? Is that correct? It's good Is, enough for me. Something Close enough for now. Uh, he did learn voodoo from a gentleman uh, in the city. And we do learn that, because why would you teach voodoo to a serial killer, that Charles Lee Ray has kind of sort of bastardized the practice. Uh, he's used it for his own selfish means. And that does come into play again, because as he's learning, like you mentioned, Dan, the doll is becoming more human so he has he's not immortal he he feels pain um that doesn't really come into play in the remake as much like that there, who cares if the ai feels pain but charles lee ray is now becoming charles lee ray as a two foot doll so like he's got a lot of motivation to no longer be a doll and apparently there's a way to reverse this dubious magic through the first person he talked to and revealed that he was... This is all very convenient. uh, (laughs) That he revealed that he was not uh, an actual doll, but yet a serial killer man um, who's a six-year-old kid. And towards the end of the film, I mean, it goes from just Charles Lee Ray trying to get revenge to Charles Lee Ray realizing that this was a shitty deal that he made and he's going to more or less blood sacrifice a six-year-old so that he can go on to do... Whatever he was doing before, more human like. I, I don't know. Like that, even that's not really well defined, is it? Is he going to become? He's going to become.
0: He's going to transfer to Andy's body. Is what I got from it.
1: I, I figured that's what it was. So he's going to send this kid into the the sort of hellscape of becoming a doll, and he is going to go on living his life, presumably pretending to be this kid until he's old enough to do Charles Lee Ray stuff.
0: I guess. Or he can just be a murderer then. I don't know what happens to Andy actually. They never really explain that. I don't know if Andy's kind of there, like a prisoner, kind of like a sort of being John Malkovich of situation. Oh, yeah, it could he, be something. Like or that. if he's just in the doll. I, I don't know. They didn't really explain it. They didn't they didn't go into the details of the voodoo imprinting enough, Reggie. So I, I couldn't really tell yeah. you.
1: But I mean But it's uh
0: yeah, it's pretty ridiculous yeah. overall.
1: I mean, the movie just sort of you know doesn't do a lot of heavy lifting. It just leans into a trope. They're like, why would he be in a doll? And someone in the writing room was like, voodoo. And they're like, okay. (laughs) And, like, it's loose. I mean, it's supposed to be sort of ill-defined and loose. It's just kind of a scary scenario that is implausible. But here we are, and let's play it out. That's more or less what the movie's doing. Versus this reboot, which is, here's a somewhat plausible scenario. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why at the beginning I was like, is this kind of a cautionary tale? Or is it just kind of Mm -hmm. dumb fun? And at least in the original, we know it's just dumb fun. That's why you got the Smoker's Cough serial killer doll. That's why you have the voodoo and all that stuff. It's goofy on purpose, and I I am going back into that description of this is a campy film versus a film that's trying to take the subject matter a little bit more seriously. But I think it suffers from having to answer a bunch of questions that the original movie didn't even bother to ask
0: yeah i I just think the casting of andy as an older child really just downgrades that that believability that they're trying to set up right so they're like oh this is gonna be believable it's ai but now this 11 year old wants him so it's now it's like wait i can't buy this even if it is a smart doll it's just yeah harder to believe
1: and the remake does less of this sort of playing with his andy telling the truth like there's enough parties that know that he is that mm-hmm. you're not getting that same effect of this original where like, oh, please believe me. I'm mm-hmm. telling it's Chucky. That small child doing that has an effect on us as a viewer because we know and he knows. Those are the only two people besides the villain that know this. The audience and the protagonist. And in the remake, a decent amount of people <laughs> <laughs> know what's going on, and you would think that at some point, like like, another kid in the neighborhood who has less stakes in the game could be like, hey, I saw... You know, even if they're friends with Andy, it was like, hey, I saw a fucking skin fake... Uh, sorry. Um, I saw something bad. <laughs> and uh, you would think that somewhere, you know, logic would have prevailed and someone would have, like, tried to stop this a little bit earlier.
0: I wanted to also mention that the Andy in the reboot is also deaf. He does have a hearing yeah. implant. Was that necessary to you? Or did that just seem like that didn't
1: come into play at all. Yeah, it didn't really come into play. I guess the only way it came into play, and it didn't really matter because that's getting towards the end, but, like, the doll could talk to him in other ways besides in his implant. It wasn't like the doll was just talking to him in his implant. That would have been interesting, actually. If you made the the kid younger and the doll was communicating regular in the sort of physical world Mm -hmm. and... You know, serial killer-like in the earbud. That would have been interesting. But this is doing sort of uh, You know, not not to be all toxic or anything like that, but, like, a lot of the complaints today about, like, Hollywood films that I see on, like, the dark corners of the internet is sort of (laughs) diversity for diversity's sake. Um, There's no real reason why he can't hear because it doesn't come into play ever. Yeah. You know, like... Ever, like once he drops his, his, uh, his hearing aid, but it has nothing, it's not stopping him from doing anything. It just mm-hmm. happens to be on the floor. So, again, mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe that is a commentary. He just happens to be semi deaf, and that doesn't mean anything. Maybe, <laughs> you know, but the problem is, I guess, as an audience, we're sort of trained to wonder, all right, you, you know, so the Chekhov's gun c- scenarios, Chekhov's hearing mm-hmm. aid here. You give me a hearing aid in the first act. And you didn't do anything with it throughout the mm-hmm. film, so I, I'm wondering why you did it at all.
0: I mean, it would what you said before would have made more sense if they didn't draw so much attention to it. But they draw a lot of attention to mm-hmm. it in the beginning of the film, so it makes you think there's going to be a payoff with it. Like maybe he has to do something where he blasts some loud noise, and he's the only one who's not affected by it because right. he has his hearing aid out. I mean, that just makes sense to me. If I, you draw so
1: much attention to it, but they I thought something didn't do like that was going to happen. I thought that there yeah. was going to be a scenario where. Like when people are around and gathered, maybe there's some ear piercing like you mentioned, an ear piercing sound mm-hmm. coming out of something and he takes his ear piece out and he's mm-hmm. able to save the day. Yeah. Again, like there's so many things you could do with that, sort of psychologically and in in terms of like the action of the film and it's irrelevant. So mm-hmm. what? I, I you know, I just don't quite I don't quite get it either, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh so- I think what we're saying, though, is that Chucky in the original is better. And mm-hmm. Andy, by default, is better because he's younger. Yep. Kind of said it better myself. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Shame, because the remake, um, he's acting his ass off. He's doing a great great job. It just You're aged out, kid. Like, you're the wrong character yeah. for this film.
0: Yeah, I think if they made Andy Younger and uh, I think it would have been just overall a much better film if he was the same age as he was in the reboot. Just because I can't see a kid that old playing with a doll. But I feel like we beat that uh, to death. So let's move on to our next character. I think we should talk about the mom. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, the boy and his mom. So Karen Barclay, portrayed by Catherine Hicks in the original and Aubrey Plaza in the remake. They both... Pretty much are the same. They're the hard-working single mom. They get Chucky to Alex. They are different, like you mentioned before. The working mom is just working. She's not seeing anybody, but Aubrey Plaza is seeing Shane. So we might also be talking about Shane
1: here. Yeah. Honestly, this is probably a good place to just loop in Shane. Let's just you know mm-hmm. get it out here because there's no equivalent yeah. in the other film. Yeah. Here's my thing, and I'm a huge fan of Aubrey Plaza, and she's doing what she's really good at in this remake, which is sort of, you know, I'm, I'm cute, but I've got a bite to me. And like, mm-hmm. she has a lot of, uh, we've used the word agency before, she has a lot of agency. Whereas, uh, whereas Catherine Hicks is very limited in what she's able to do in the film. Like, uh, we see very early on, it's her son's birthday, right? And she wants to get the day off, but she can't because her boss is a dick. And she really doesn't have any recourse here. There's nothing that she can do about that. And uh, that comes into play later in the film, that she couldn't get off of work here. Aubrey Plaza, yeah, okay, maybe she couldn't get off work either. But to get the doll, I guess maybe we'll start there. To get the doll, they both more or less are at work, leave their post to kind of buy the doll. In the original, it's from a... A peddler, as it's described, (laughs) uh, which is just apparently a homeless guy with a shopping cart full of stuff. And in the remake, it's kind of like, like you mentioned, it's this returned item. And we get character building right in this moment where Aubrey Plaza is like, hey, I really need this doll for my kid because, like, I'm broke and I can't afford it. And her boss, again, same scenario. The boss is like, I don't think so. And Aubrey Plaza is like, yeah, I think so because I know you're uh, banging some chick that's not your wife. And it's like, all right, <laughs> take, take it all. But that little change there makes a big difference because Aubrey Plaza is able to do things that Catherine Hicks is not able to do. Catherine Hicks is a very helpless character and he's mm-hmm. a very helpless kid because of his age mm-hmm. and they're both put in a scenario where what are you going to do? You just made Aubrey Plaza tough and you made the kid tougher just by age mm-hmm. and it, it changes things. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they're not so uh, vulnerable to the little tiny doll attacking them. Just going back, I guess, to what I said before, because not only is Andy with the mom, but he has a bunch of friends. So we don't get so much time between Andy and the mom. He's definitely not dependent on the mom like he was, when, you know, as a six-year-old would be. They don't really... I don't know. Like, like she has that agency, like you said, but, like, they don't really do anything with it. That's true. Uh, I don't really see, like a turn for her character, not much of like an arc for her character. Like I'll go to Catherine Hicks. Like she, you know, she doesn't believe Andy at first, but then, you know, as we said, she's about throwing him in the fire and then he's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. And then, so she's like, okay, he is alive. And then she has to go to try to convince the cop. She, she like does a bunch of investigating, you know, she goes to the voodoo John's house and, um, you know, she does a lot of, she does a lot of heavy lifting in the original film. In the remake, she's just like, what are you doing, Andy? You know, as Aubrey Plaza does. And then she's kind of out. She didn't really do anything. She doesn't really believe Andy until the very end when the, when Lee finally like kind of like tries to kill everybody. And then even at that point, she just gets kidnapped. And then she's just a hostage at the end. Yeah. In the original, like she's trying to protect Andy. She's doing whatever she can. She does fight Chucky pretty well at the very end. Um, she ultimately needs to be saved too, but um, she does a lot of heavy lifting in the original. I don't really see that so much in that, the remake.
1: That's actually a good point, because uh, you know, I, I was focusing in on the fact that, uh, early on, there's not that sense of helplessness from Aubrey Plaza, which flavors the film. But to your point, doesn't really matter, because in the original, Catherine Hicks, who was super helpless, uh, at a certain point, when people don't believe you, she just took matters into her own hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you take her out of that equation, you don't sort of fix the problem. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Aubrey Plaza, to your point, does nothing to fix the problem in any sort of meaningful way. I mean, maybe there's a moment, but at that point, it, it doesn't really matter anyway. He was already dead. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, like, uh, no, that's a great point, actually, that Catherine Hicks, though very limited, because we have this connection with her son, this bond. You mm-hmm. see that she's willing to take things to a place. Uh, it doesn't really matter if, like, logically, it, like, why would it, why would it be the doll? Like to her, it does Logic doesn't matter. It's her son, and that right. that kind of that permeates that that's relatable. That makes sense. You know, you know. No no one needs to believe her son but her, and because of that mother son bond, it allows us to sort of make this unbelievable premise work because she's she's saying I don't care what you're saying I'm going to go stop this and you're right by the end she's doing a lot of heavy lifting and in many ways is, uh, is quite the star of the film herself whereas Aubrey Plaza mm-hmm. who's starring in the film is just doing a lot less to further mm-hmm. the plot
0: yeah so not only in the reboot is Andy have friends but as we said Aubrey Plaza has Shane so these two don't really need each other they've they're kind of moving on you know as adolescents do mm-hmm. usually from their parents again problem with uh, making him that old so aubrey plaza has this shane character and she's pretty much on team shane yeah. the whole time yeah she's not she doesn't care how shitty shane is to andy so it's like <laughs> you're just like a bad mom in this movie it's like you don't care that you're just going to make out with your boyfriend right there, and you, you don't care where your son's going. It's like There's not a lot to root for, I guess is what I'm
1: saying. No, that's fair. I mean, she's far less connected to her son. Uh, mm-hmm. There's very obvious signs that things are amiss, that she's missing. Um, I think you could kind of attribute it to sort of like, I'm a single mom, I'm going out, I'm working, so I'm not there as much. Also, making her uh, sort of younger. I mean, Aubrey Plaza, to me, does not sort of scream mom when i look at a film like I
0: not to a teenage son or especially not to a teenage son
1: son. correct you know she makes kind of the line about you know she was busy during her sweet 16 like uh i think they just took someone that's popular Mm -hmm. um and they put them into this film i think from a casting perspective you probably could have chosen someone more uh you know not to be Getting toxic and gross, but like you could have <laughs> picked someone more age appropriate here. I just don't. Aubrey Plaza is closer to being like one of his friends than she is yeah. to being his mom. You know, even even when the kids in the movie makes that, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. your sister's hot. It's like, yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like he said, she is less likable. Um, you know, he comes home early from school. She's hooking up with Shane. You know, he's sending sending him to his room. She's not believing him. She's believing Shane over him. You know, it's. You know, she pushes back on Shane maybe, like, once in the film. But, like, overall, she's mm-hmm. not doing anything to help Andy mm-hmm. at all. So we're left to kind of just, like you mentioned, root for Andy and sort of put the mom to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a shame because you have this kind of, like, you, like, I mentioned, you have this foundation where you could have done something with her and you, you don't. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a bit strange it's a lot like the hearing aid where it's alright you got a tough mom do something with it where in the original mm-hmm. you got kind of I don't want to say weak but you got a a, a mom that doesn't have as much going for her mm-hmm. and by then she's kicking ass and it's like yeah. you don't get that flip in the remake like what, what's up with that
0: yeah so I don't know if you're done I think we're kind of reaching the end with the mom comparisons here I, was there anything you want to say else you want
1: to I, say I or? think I think that this is a good time to sort of jump into Shane, too. Uh, oh, okay. Just to Let's jump knock, into Shane. Knock this out. Shane is a dick. He, he really is.
0: All he Shane goes, needs dick. is his beer and his babe.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. You know, pretty pretty decent turn here by uh, David Lewis playing Shane. He's just kind of like a guy that's in her life, and he's pretty shitty to that kid. Kind
0: of shitty to her, too.
1: Yo, yeah, for sure. And, I mean... <laughs> Actually, you know, just jumping right into it. We learn how shitty he is because Shane has a whole nother life and family. (laughs) So Shane more or less tells his current wife that he's going to work and he goes around town to uh, bang Aubrey Plaza. I think that reveal probably comes a little too late in the film that that's happening for me Mm -hmm. to really get behind the Shane's a complete dick sort of thing. Like, by the time we find that out, there's no... As I mentioned before, there's no recourse for Aubrey Plaza, you know, like the only thing that she gets to say is I should have known better like that. That doesn't do anything for me because I don't know enough about her character. Like, here's a positive of shame, right? Because he's a bad guy. Mm -hmm. We actually have a bad guy and we'll get into this more with like the depths and stuff like that. But we have a bad guy in the horror film. So it's a lot easier to sort of get behind the horror genre, when you at least start with someone you don't really like, in, in general, like there's there's kind of that moment in some theaters where like you see the bad villain guy. Uh, I would say in Poseidon it would have been our uh, <laughs> our Johnny Drama character, Lucky Lu- <laughs> Lucky Larry. <laughs> Shane is Lucky Larry. He's a dick. He's cheating on his wife and uh, he's leaving his kids to go go across town. So when bad things happen to Shane, we're okay with it. So I'll give him that, that there's an upside there. But mm-hmm. I, I think that he's just another sort of ill-defined character that's just there. He just happens to be sort of the stepdad-type figure and mm-hmm. not much else. I kind of wish that they had worked out him and Aubrey Plaza's relationship a little bit more because without that foundation, what are we doing? You know, Why, is he, why mm-hmm. is he here? So positive in terms of sort of fodder for your horror film but a negative in terms of character. He serves no mm. purpose, and he detracts from Aubrey Plaza completely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. He's a dick, but like he's kind of a dick to Andy. He's kind of a dick to Aubrey Plaza, but he's not, like, too abusive. Like, he's not a hitter. Like, maybe if you made him, like, a hitter, yeah, that... you know, if he, just, if he just did one backhanded slap to Aubrey Plaza or just, like, to Andy. Because yes. he shoves Andy, but, like, we don't really hate him too much until we realize he kind of is living a double life. Right. Right, and then like you kind of mentioned, it's kind of already too late at that point because that Chucky's already there, and we don't really get to kind of let that sit in. So he is a piece of shit. I think they could have done it a little bit better, but yeah, good first victim. I, we'll get into it later, but yeah. pretty good first victim for uh, first human victim for the movie. Yeah,
1: that's that's really his only purpose. I think, like you mentioned, in the scene, and like I'm not saying that you know we need to display kids getting hit in films to flesh out characters, but like. When he goes in and he confronts Andy and he pushes him, that would have been a great moment for Aubrey Plaza to show up in that scene and be like, hey, hey, hey. Kind of, you know, enough. Mm. Because she shows up after the fact and is like, hey, let me talk to my kid before you talk to my kid. I think Mm. by having her inserted into that scene, I think it would have Mm. worked a little bit better. It would have given us connection back to Andy. Like, maybe she would have said, Mm -hmm. kick Shane, you know, out of the scene. Hey, man, if, you know, if he's Ever treat you like that, you come to me. You know, I think just adding that one little moment there mm-hmm. builds that bond, and yeah, it's, it's not there, it's just not there. Like, what mm-hmm. besides her getting him this like defective doll, there's no there's nothing there. She sends him out in the streets to try to make friends, she doesn't, <laughs> you know, she doesn't really check up on him. It, it's a shame, actually. That just original film just hit it so much better with the mother and son. I know we mm-hmm. talked about that. That even including another character that kind of like helps. It's a more kind of decent, as we get in this later, uh, first victim. Whereas in the original, I think their choice of first victim is, is a little more tragic than what we have in this remake. So, mm-hmm. Shane doesn't do enough of his job to really be in the film.
0: I mean, I pretty much agree with whatever you said. So, um, I think we can move on from the mom. I think we're both in the same boat here. That the original mom, not only like does she have a better arc, that connection to the original Andy is a lot stronger. Yeah. So... Original mom, Miss, original Mrs. Barclay, all the way.
1: Original mom. I mean, I, I,
0: I like Aubrey Plaza, but they didn't sure. really give her much to do.
1: And like I said, Aubrey Plaza is not doing a bad job. It's just the no. original mom makes you care. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza doesn't make you care. She just happens to be Aubrey Plaza, which is cool. And we find out there's some kind of creepy stuff happening in the, in the house, so we get to see some some Plaza action. <laughs> but, uh, no, we'll get to that.
0: So let's move on to our, I guess, our third sort of lead human character are Detective Mike Norris portrayed by Chris Sarandon in the original and Brian Tyree Henry in the reboot. Brian Tyree Henry who also played Miles Morales' dad in Into the Spider-Verse one of yep. the, the best Spider-Man movie I should say.
1: <laughs> he also plays Paperboy in uh, Atlanta the Childs of TV series. I, You know I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, you know, If you ever get a chance it's pretty good. Yeah,
0: because I was actually just watching, a, what was it Fuck Community last night. I'm like, I gotta watch fucking Donald Glover's other show.
1: Not to go on a complete tangent here. It's a, it's a very sort of humanizing character that he plays. In it. Like, it's a very, it's an interesting show for the subject matter. We'll put it huh. at
0: that. Okay, we don't have to put this in. We can edit that out. Okay, we can
1: edit that out. I, I'm just saying that because I like, I like the actor a lot,
0: actually. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he was great into the Spider Verse. So I like, I recognize his voice. I'm like, there's no, is that fucking Miles' dad? Yeah. <laughs> He's great. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so this is our skeptic, de- skeptic. Yeah, yeah, why would you write this word. for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so like you said, in the original film, he's the detective that kind of was there. Charles Lee Ray. Uh, he's the one that shot him. By the way, terrible detective in that original film because yes. he's looking for Charles E. Ray. And then Charlie Ray's like bleeding everywhere, screaming, like, oh I've been shot. Ch- pretty much doing that. And then the detective's still like, where is he? I have no idea. There's nobody in the nah. store. You can't find him. It's like, yeah.
1: come on, man. Not, not just that. When the getaway driver drives away and Charlie Ray just is behind a beam, the guy <laughs> watched him walk over to it and hide behind it. <laughs> like a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. Oh my god, it's so. <laughs> It's not just that. He's a bad detective throughout the entire film.
0: Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'm just setting him up. Good. And then uh, Mike Norris in the reboot, he's not only a better detective, but he also has more of a connection to Andy because his mother lives in the same apartment complex as Andy. So he is there not as a detective sometimes. He's just there It's just, just a regular dude, just uh, seeing a kid, inviting him over to have some dinner sometimes. Not sure. Do you want to go into the original, Mike? Yeah. How, yeah, you I'll go. said he was a bad detective. <laughs>
1: he's he's a bad detective, just a bad detective all around. I mean, even from uh, one of our first deaths, he he's not really able to kind of wrap his head around what could have happened in the the house. You know, like he, you know, well we checked we checked all this kid's shoes, not the shoes he's wearing. Like what? You know, <laughs> honestly, a lot of the tension in the original film because the mother. Again, we're really only looking at sort of three characters in Chucky. It's mm-hmm. Andy, the mom, and the detective. And the mom and the kid are saying things are happening, and the detective is saying, I don't believe you. <laughs> Even just, like, the mention of, like, Charles Lee Ray, you think that that would come up, because the mom knows that the kid said this. the doll's name is Charles Lee Ray. The light bulbs just don't go off enough for him. He's very dismissive, and he's like, look, you might a lot of those characters like, look, man, I don't make the rules. I just, <laughs> I'm just here to, you know, do the thing. He's a snarky character. He doesn't do a lot of detecting, <laughs> as it were. Um, he has to basically be walked, you know. It's like you can lead a detective to the crime, but you can't make him think. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. it, But, but it kind of works. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> works because, you know, like he's really the only thing there to make, This problem go away you know like the kid is more or less been subjected to the loony bin the mom's not being believed the only person with any credibility at this point (laughs) is a detective so uh, that is what his purpose serves throughout the film is bringing credibility back to the situation there are moments in the film where other people don't even believe him and they have to be sort of convinced so I actually like the character he, he is aloof and outlandish, but uh you know because there's just not many characters to draw from, he is a stronger character by default, and I think it's important that he has a connection a real connection to the doll and to this to the killer uh because this ultimately though it's a horror film, it's sort of a revenge plot. Mm-hmm. having the character to have revenge on there matters, so yeah you know. Hi, right, Chris, Sarandon, nice to have you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't really like his character too much. Uh, kind of go back to what you said. He's not really a great detective. Like, first of all, like, yeah, we checked all the shoes here. It's like, dude, did you not see the shoe sizes? Like, it's clearly the six-year-old child's feet are going to be a lot bigger than this two foot dolls right. with shoes so like when he saw the bottom of andy's shoes and it's like starting to suspect andy it's like dude you didn't even check the size it's like just check the size you would see that the shoe imprint so is so much,
1: much evidence
0: exactly he's he's just so aloof <laughs> the whole time uh i couldn't get behind this character and then um i mean we're gonna get there when we talk about the murders but like you know when trucking chucky, chucky tries to kill him in the car I'm going to stop laughing, dude. It, it's, it, was, it was a poorly executed case. scene. I mean, no, no. Got today's standards. I'm, that's how I'm viewing it by. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was pretty bad. Which is kind of redone in the reboot. Uh, much better, but we'll get to that. Sure. So, like, I kind of wished he died there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to
0: it. <laughs> it's, it's really bad. No, I, I kind of wish he died there. Um, but you're you right about one thing. He is there to kind of give credibility that it is a murderous doll and not this boy and possibly his mother uh, helping him. Right. So that's, like, well, the only reason you really need to keep this guy yeah. alive. But I kind of wish he killed him. Not only because I didn't like his character, but it also could have raised the stakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and then I don't like that it's like it was kind of the Andy mom versus the doll. That he is the one that kills Chucky at the end. I didn't appreciate that either. So uh really yeah. didn't like his character. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like...
1: Let a man do it. Exactly, exactly. It's, I'm a man, you're not, so this is my thing. And honestly, the mom and the kid do way more, mm-hmm. way more yeah. to stop Chucky, mm-hmm. a- as it were, than than him. So it's just, it sucks. It sucks that, like, <laughs> we, you know, I mentioned him being there to add credibility, but it sucks that you need the man there mm-hmm. to add credibility. I'll give him one other kind of scene when he, like, Tells her, oh, don't go to that part of town this late at night. And, and, you know, (laughs) it starts to get in that uh, that fridging territory, as it were, if you know your memes. Uh, With uh, the mom there, we're like, luckily the detective showed up just in the nick of time. I mean, he's a caricature and not a very good one because his central sort of profession, he's not very good at it. Mm -hmm. He's like really bad at it, actually. I'm with you. I don't like him much. So we can just kind of start moving past him. I think he's, I think he's a weak character that mm-hmm. has a few good scenes in a, in a movie. Uh, Mike Norris in the reboot, though. Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry. We, we kind of went on a little gab fest earlier because we, like, <laughs> we like the guy's acting. I like him a lot here. I like that mm-hmm. we made the connection to Andy. I like that he's one of the few adults that like, actually like, kind of seems to give a shit about the kid. It allows for different scenes in the film to really work out. There's no indication that he's a bad detective at all. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, these are mysterious circumstances. And of course there's not much evidence because a robot AI doll is doing it, but it starts getting closer and closer to home as we learn for him. Mm-hmm. And his sort of response to the murders by the end is a little bit more believable. It makes sense because, and I know we're not at the depth yet, but because of how things are going, he actually has a turn on Andy. Like they start as friends and there's a moment where, uh, mm. he's, he's like, yo, screw this yeah. kid. <laughs> yo, you, it, which is completely understandable given the circumstances right. that we're seeing. But like, though he does about as much crime solving as the original, <laughs> uh, the original Mike Norris, he's just a more humanized, yeah, fun character. He has funny lines, which we'll get into with some of the depths. Like are I just like him more and he matters more in my opinion to the film
0: yeah it was definitely a smart move in the reboot to have his mother live in the same apartment complex as Andy so the first time we meet him isn't as a detective but just like a regular person right and like you said he's one of the first persons to even give a shit about Andy like Mm -hmm. even more than Aubrey Plaza I would argue Um, so you're liking this guy right off the bat like you said it's pretty funny making fun of his mom, saying all moms are the same. He's throwing, he's going back and forth with Andy, going back and forth with Andy's mom when she arrives, you know? He's a very likable character. Very humanized in that opening scene where he's just meeting Andy in that yeah. hallway. And, uh, yeah, he doesn't seem as, like, inept as the original Mike Norris. Like, oh, like, well, there's footprints here. I don't know. It's probably the kid. I, I, I got no idea. So, definitely seems more capable. He, yeah, he kind of has a I guess I'll just get into it. He almost dies at the end, too. And I was like, oh, no, I wanted the other cop to die, not this one. So, uh, yeah, I definitely liked his character more than the other
1: Norse. I I think, like you mentioned just that, that one opening scene where Andy really hasn't made friends of his own age at all at this point. He's clearly sort of struggling with that. I guess they move around a decent amount or like just different men coming in and out of his mother's life. And this, on the surface, and I think it permeates throughout the film, this nice guy shows up. And he he sees that vulnerability for the kid. He sees that the kid's struggling. He offers up himself and his family. He says, hey, you know, if you ever want to come to dinner, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, all moms are the same, right? Because he, he's getting ripped on by his mom in the corner. So, like, they have a connection. And I think that's what a lot of characters are missing with Andy in this remake. Mm-hmm. There's no connection in Thankfully, the detective is there. So I I appreciate that connection in terms of, like you mentioned, proximity. Smart. Put him in the same space. They live in the same apartment complex. Or at least, whether he lives there or not, he's there enough that it matters. In that original, there's just not quite, there's no connection like that. The only connection to the detective is that Chucky wants to kill him. So that's Mm -hmm. where the bond comes from. And I think it was really smart in this reboot to make the bond not just the doll, because the doll, like we mentioned before, is sort of random. It doesn't really matter whose house the doll showed up at, whereas in the original, it does matter. It's the serial killer specifically trying to kill him. Uh, in this reboot, it's like, hey, we're buddies. And over time, that confidence and that friendship is challenged and that, you know, like you mentioned, it makes it sort of makes you sad. And you're like, oh shit, I really hope that, one, the guy doesn't die. I hope that his friendship with Andy's not affected. They're the two sort of characters in combination making this reboot work. And if you take him out of the movie, the movie doesn't work at all. Yeah. Like, at all. So, great character in the reboot, much stronger. I I just like this portrayal a lot more, and there's just funny human moments that happen Mm -hmm. that otherwise wouldn't be in this otherwise sort of ridiculous film.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the original Mike Norris, more... Getting along with the mom has a lot more scenes with the mom. Doesn't really have too many scenes with Andy. This Mike Norris connects with Andy a lot more. Probably the person who connects with Andy the most yeah. <laughs> in the reboot. So uh, for me, definitely an upgrade from what they did in the original. This that inept guy who just kinda does his job sometimes versus this very humanized. Very he's. And he's very funny. He's Suckers. got a lot of good moments. Got to look good one liners, like fucking millennials or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's great in the in the film. I uh, don't want to
1: drop another one until we talk about the deaths, but he has some really okay. good ones.
0: <laughs> no, he's great. Uh, like I said, upgrade from the original, reboot Mike Norris all the way.
1: Yeah, and you get this juxtaposition. And I think they played in this a little bit towards the end, but like, uh, you get this juxtaposition where it's like here's an example of a shitty guy. Here's Shane, and he sucks. Here's a nice guy. Don't you wish Aubrey <laughs> Plaza ended up with a nice guy? That That's oh. kind of played oh, in. it. Yeah.
0: Play, they Could have done that.
1: They didn't. They could have. <laughs> there, there's like a handhold moment at a very inappropriate time later. But, yeah. <laughs> I, look, huge upgrade in this department. And I think yeah. it's one of the stronger parts of the film. And it really helps you give a shit. Whereas the yeah. detective in the original makes it harder to give a shit because he's so unlikely he's just this kind of square jawed i'm gonna do whatever i want and i'm not listening to anyone guy who they give way too much uh power and consequences whereas Mm -hmm. this guy he's not incompetent he's a nice person you Mm -hmm. give a shit about him these are all very good traits when you're making a character in a film where any potential character can die you got to care about the people that might die
0: Yeah, I just think his biggest strength is that he's the one person who gives a shit about Andy, Mm -hmm. and that was a really smart move. Uh, So one of the bright spots in the reboot, for sure. Hell yeah. All right, so none of the other characters from either film (laughs) (laughs) are shared in either film, I was going to say. So uh, we we already sort of talked about a few of them, but I think it's time for us to get into details here. Reggie, it's time to talk about our deaths. Yes. (laughs) So let's start with the original film. Our first death in the original film is Aunt Maggie. So we could talk a little bit about her and then just talk about her demise at the same time. Yeah. She's a co-worker, Mrs. Barclay. I don't think she's really a blood relative because after she dies, they don't seem to be too sad. So, But uh, Andy does call her Aunt Maggie. Mm. Uh, she, she works with uh, the mom, like I said, and she's going to look after Andy because, as you mentioned before, uh, the mom has to work late and she has... No choice. I don't know how late she's working, but it seems like she's working until 2 a.m. at this department store, (laughs) because it's into the late hours uh,
1: when Aunt Maggie's just watching Andy. She's definitely there past the 9 o'clock news. We know that. Yeah. She started (laughs) at 7 I I was paying attention to all those details for some reason. (laughs)
0: So Aunt Maggie's all right. You know, she's nice enough to uh, Andy. She's not really mean or anything, but, like, things start happening. This is when we start to see Chucky start to, like, just mess around a little bit. You know, like you said, turns the TV on. We see a good guy doll or Andy at this point uh, just running past and she's kind of getting upset with Andy over all this stuff. And then, uh, she keeps hearing noises, man. She just, just keeps hearing noises. She gets all paranoid. The phone rings, though. And, uh, you know the mom's still at the store. I don't know what hour it is. I'm gonna assume midnight probably. <laughs> it's pretty late. Uh, then you don't go into details, but you know she's just like, I can't. I'm just. That's, everything's fine. Don't worry. Everything's fine. She she can't even believe how scared she's getting. I don't know why she's scared. You know, put on a few lights or something, Aunt Maggie. I don't know why you got to examine
1: everything in the dark. She's got the late night willies.
0: <laughs> Anyways, she goes to check behind this plant. She's sure something's behind the plant. Nothing's there. Huh? Okay. Boy, I was being silly. Let me just turn around and live the good life N- no nope, you can't do that because here comes a hammer to your face and what are you going to do after you get hit ha- by a hammer what anybody does you walk back 10 feet and you fly out a goddamn window and crash into a fucking van that's what you do so that's how aunt maggie dies um it's almost like it kind of reminded me a little bit of like psycho you know yeah. <laughs> when her gum she just falls down the street whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was so bad. Like, he hits her with a hammer, and she just keeps going backwards. It's like she was so far away mm-hmm. from that window. So, it's at this moment where I'm like, okay, get a little campy here with yeah. these murders.
1: Yeah. I, I'll say this about Aunt Maggie. What I like about her um is that she's a very good sort of juxtaposition between the mom. Like, Aunt Maggie's got sort of that Aubrey Plaza bite. She's the one that's pushing back against the boss. Again, an endearing character, because the boss is being a dick. It's like, oh, this other lady's sick, and now you're working a midnight shift. She's like, I'll work it. And he's like, wow, you working shoes, and this is jewelry. And it's like, you, you dunce. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, Aunt Maggie, in this very short amount of time, we, we get this character. She's street smart, tough, good with the kid, helps out. So, like, all positives. So when something bad is happening to her, even though we barely know anyone in the film great, we give a shit. She introduced so many different, like, this character matters so much for the craziest reasons. Like, she introduces so many elements of the film in that moment of, like, do we believe the doll? Do we not believe the doll? Like, it could be behind a plant. You know, like, these little moments actually, like, frame so much of the terror throughout the rest of the film that, like, I'm a big fan of Aunt Maggie, except for, you know, like you said, the crazy fallback. (laughs) It, It just, uh, for a bit character, very strong character, and uh, a good first death because it really does set the stakes of, mm-hmm. of your average person does not know that this doll is dangerous. The kid knows that to the point that like if a detective shows up, they're like, we don't know what happened. So it just shows that like you don't know where this doll can come from. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of minding business. She's looking behind a plant, and the next thing you know, he's behind her. And like that matters because throughout the film, these sort of jump scares are going to happen. You're looking places where a small, weird, murderous doll might be and then, surprise, he's somewhere else. And, like, not that the character necessarily needs this much discussion. Like, I'm a huge fan of uh, her inclusion and her ability to really, once again, in a short amount of time, ground us into the stakes of the film. Uh, You take a likable character, which is another horror movie sort of trick, and you get rid of a likable character. So for this film early on we kill our likable character first and it actually shows you that likable characters can die and i Maggie is a net 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 positive in my book I'm a big fan of her inclusion
0: yeah she's definitely her greatest contribution to the film is certainly that like anybody can die yep it raises the stakes when Charles Lee Ray you know was transferring his life force into the doll he yelled out specific names aunt maggie was not among them right so not only does it raise the stakes that anybody can be murdered but it does sort of play into that well maybe andy did do this because she wasn't on his list mm-hmm. so it could be the kid because yep. you know she was a little uh, she wasn't necessarily mean but she did kind of get into him like what, what do you mean it's you or what do you mean it's the doll it was definitely you you turned on the tv andy you know when when you say something you got to do it so, you can just see a little six year old, you know, being annoyed by that. And if it's a crazy six year old, you could certainly kill her. Yeah. So, uh, it plays into that as well. So, uh, yeah, other than her ridiculous death, maybe a few more hits with the hammer uh, would have made it a little less silly. But just one hit and the hammer, and then she's flying out the window. The it's, it's a uh, tiny it's, toy hammer, too. It's a tiny toy hammer. Look, look at this! This was the murder weapon. This fucking dumb cops. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's two dumb detectives in this movie. We don't, we're not even gonna talk about the other one too pretty, much. Pretty cool. Uh, but overall, net positive. Aunt yeah,
1: Maggie. yeah. Pretty cool, kind of practical uh, effect too of her, flying. Besides the ridiculous of her getting out the window, like yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool scene, and. Like we were mentioning, it just immediately raises the stakes because the mom yeah. comes home unaware that something terrible has happened and you have someone so close to them that's been affected <laughs> by this with no real answers and that, that's the thing, even though we assume, like you mentioned, that it's the doll, at this point we don't really know that it's the doll you know could be something else and it, it's a very uh, it's a very interesting way to sort of jump off into this film in terms of depth so
0: i don't have anything else to say about Aunt maggie uh should we move on to eddie caputo yeah let's do it okay so eddie caputo like we said our serial killer's partner our getaway driver i guess he's in the bad part of town (laughs) young andy does have to take the train into the one not demolished house among all these demolished buildings and uh while andy's (laughs) <laughs> i thought that was a funny scene angie's just taking a piss anywhere because <laughs> it is just like rubble I everywhere yeah it was pretty funny <laughs> and then uh he puts chucky down and he pees and then he looks over chucky's gone eddie's getting messed with he doesn't know what's happening we see tiny little hand you know just turn on that gas stove mm-hmm. and uh after a while of like opening doors and trying to find out who's messing with him eddie does shoot and that you know that spark from that gun just blows up the whole house, man, in 80s metal fashion. Yep. So Eddie bites the dust. Not really a well-developed character, but uh, like I mentioned before, a character on our serial killer's list. Right. So it definitely gives more uh, plausibility to the fact that this is a man (laughs) who transferred his soul into this doll's body.
1: Once again, again, there's so few characters in this original film that this character was introduced at the beginning of the film he has a connection, like you said, he's on the list. There's no reason why Andy would be there if it's not Charles Lee Ray. And it it also, again, for a a very minor bit character, it also raises the stakes because we have two consecutive murders and all roads are kind of pointing back to Andy. Mm-hmm. And you know, it starts this sort of pathway of is this kid crazy? Is he murdering people? We have to put him away. We're going to take him from his mom. And it's a goofy scene. A lot of them are in this film. It's a goofy scene, but, like, it's another stakes-raising scene. And it allows us to then, say, take the kid out of the equation with the mother. So now okay. the mom is like, I've got to save my son because he's more or less now in a crazy house. And it it goes back to... to uh Not believing him, like she wants him to tell the truth, and Andy's truth is the truth that the doll Mm -hmm. is trying to kill him, and she's saying you got to stop saying things like this, so I can get you back. So again, it makes the son undermine his own story. It puts him in the danger is now he's like institutionalized. It puts her in a bad position because no one's going to believe her, and how is she going to get her son back? And it just. For as minor a character as it is, as random, as uh, murder and death as it is, it's on the killer's list, it puts Mm -hmm. the kid in more danger, it puts the mom in a bad scenario, and it moves the plot forward. So, Mm -hmm. goofy, ridiculous, like many of the deaths in this film, but it's part of the story, and it keeps the story moving along. So, uh, net net positive, because that's one name off the list, and we know there's only really, at this point that I'm aware of, Maybe I missed something, but as far as I was aware, there's really only one other name on the list. Mm
0: -hmm. Only one more name, and that is our detective Mike Norris, and he is the next one to get attacked by Chucky. Now, this scene. So, (laughs) Mike Norris is driving around, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, little tiny Chucky doll comes from behind this driver's seat and just starts strangling him. With jumper cables. (laughs) (laughs) So, this scene like i said before (laughs) yeah we got chucky doing his vulgarity and you know i'm thinking like oh this is it he's gonna Mm -hmm. kill the cop i'm like this is great because this is really gonna raise the stakes and it's just gonna be the mom and the kid this is really great car flips over you know uh mike's still alive at that point but chucky's kind of doing this jaws thing where he's like no no i'm sorry the car didn't flip over yet Uh, um before then he's got now he's got a knife Right, right. I yeah. forgot about the little knife. And he's just stabbing through random spots in the seat. Not only behind the seat, but beneath the seat. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and it's probably one of the most hilarious scenes. Like, you just see Obviously Mike just, like, jumping up, just trying to avoid a fucking knife. It's like, you could stop the car. Oh, wait, he does try to stop the car. But what happens is Chucky somehow knows he's trying to stop the car, crawls underneath, puts his little paw on the gas, and just keeps it going. Yeah. So you can't even stop the car right. because this doll is too fast. you stabbing, he's right. hitting the gas. You can't stop him, Mike, and you're right. going to crash and your car's going to flip, which it does. Now Mike's in dire straits because he's just upside down, just stuck. Chucky's just still stabbing, still got his knife, Bro. just
1: trying to kill I, him. I don't but care ulti-
0: <laughs> how ahead?
1: fast that car is going. You jump out of that goddamn car. You, <laughs> you, you know what? You... you the situation you're currently in is not working. <laughs> like it's so comical. Like I said, it's campy. Like you said, you got the knife coming from behind him. You got the knife going to stab him in the dick, bro. <laughs> the little hands touching the gas. it's such a long, ridiculous scene that, like, I wish if you took two minutes out of that scene, I'm okay with it. But it goes on forever, and it, it mm-hmm. again undermines the credulity of this detective this detective is not good at anything mm-hmm. because this little tiny dog's going to stab you and you can't do anything about it it's, it's just how long are you going to keep driving your car straight getting stabbed at before you do something <laughs> about it you know turn the ignition off take the keys dude, out hit the e-brake dude, do anything, something dude. <laughs> dude don't don't jump up <laughs> in your seat it was so goofy and fun. like i'm with you i was laughing the whole time but i was also pissed off because i was like how is this still going on
0: yeah and like i said it flips over he's still alive he ultimately doesn't die he's able to shoot chucky chucky just goes away after that he, dude you could have just killed him but no. chucky's like oh i hurt so i gotta go right it's like i think i would have forgave that scene too if he died yeah you, you know you have this long drawn out kind of murder attempt would have been okay if it was a long drawn out murder right <laughs> but like he's still alive at the end it's like what was i watching the whole fucking scene for just so he could believe the doll's alive
1: yeah ah. yeah and it's not like again going back to the sort of the reputation of this character it's not like i necessarily need him to believe this like i i don't really care if uh this very dumb detective doesn't believe mm-hmm. the story like i know it's true the mom knows it's true and the kid knows it's true so after that like it just starts to fall into this territory of because he is, like we said before, a man in the detective, it matters that he cares now, and mm-hmm. he's the, the last person to the party. It, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
0: I think the only reason that you really need him is he's the only connection to Voodoo John. Right. Without him, she wouldn't know where to go next to figure out I guess, the rest of whatever Charles Lee Ray, whatever he wants to do. And like she, that's the only reason we need him alive yeah, is just to she get to Could have
1: gone to the library. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm with you. It's true. That is part of the connection. But they didn't give this detective a strong enough sort of uh, detective skills mm-hmm. for him to be the next connection. But that's okay. You know, it's a weird scene that goes on for too long. And technically, it's not a death.
0: No, it's not a death. But it was comical. It was definitely worth mentioning. So I had to mention it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So but like I said, it does lead us to Voodoo John, who is our next victim. Voodoo John. Uh, the guy who taught Charles Lee Ray how to do the voodoo, uh, he pretty much is able to tell Charles Lee Ray that this is what's, what you have to do. If you don't like being in that body, you have to transfer yourself because the first person you saw is the only person you can transfer yourself to. Right. And then Chucky's like, you better tell me, <laughs> you better tell me all this stuff because he, Chucky has a voodoo doll and he, and his explanation is, you shouldn't have told me where you hit it. So what person who does voodoo has a voodoo doll of himself? A. Yep. <laughs> Yep. and b it's like it was pretty comical because chucky just like breaks the little arms and legs and then in comical fashion we see voodoo john's limbs also start to snap in those different directions and after chucky gets enough information from him chucky stabs the doll right and voodoo john lays there in a pool of his blood not dead yet he's able to talk to the detective and the mom before he dies but he does suffer from his own voodoo stuff
1: yeah Weirdly, one of the stronger characters in the film. Uh, <laughs> voodoo John immediately recognizes that what Charles Lee Ray has done is uh, an abomination, it's a crime against nature. <laughs> uh, he did not teach him voodoo to do this, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> Random-ass character.
0: Yeah, I She's... I didn't see it coming,
1: <laughs> honestly. Me, me neither, me neither. I guess it further sort of explains the magic in the film but like who's this guy <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> some random voodoo guy in what you say, chicago just yeah. uh happens to know our serial killer and taught him how to transfer his yeah. body and not yeah. only did he do that but the serial killer thought so much of him he decided to paint murals of him mm-hmm. in his psycho apartment which has like all this weird sex stuff and the guy who taught him voodoo yes yeah. you know i really liked him so i'm gonna make sure i paint him or maybe he hired somebody to paint. I don't know.
1: I just, and I know the movie doesn't ask or answer any questions, but like, how did they meet? What's the story <laughs> there? Like, what? how did he start getting into voodoo and all this stuff? Like, I got so many questions about Charles Lee Ray, the man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you shouldn't have told me where you left the doll. <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> that was stupid why do you have a voodoo doll yourself and why are you
0: telling this serial killer where you keep it
1: <laughs> so weird man so weird i guess it's a cool scene because it reinforces the uh the magic as it were the voodoo
0: yes it gives credibility to the opening scene yes that's yes what it yes
1: does. <laughs> besides that i luckily charles doesn't finish the job because voodoo john's able to give more sort of details as to where he would have gone next or what his motivation is. I guess gratuitous violence just to be gratuitous violence, you know, like uh, backstory in some ways.
0: Well, I think they needed to really explain, like, what he was doing in the beginning of that film. What was that exactly? Is it magic? Who knows what it is? Oh, it's voodoo! That's something people don't know about, so we'll just say that's what it was, and people will accept it. I honestly think that's why you put him in the movie. uh, Maybe to also... Obviously, he was necessary to kind of give charles ray more motivation as to like what's the next step now Mm -hmm. you can't just be killing people you don't want this body you got to go back to andy back to the beginning that's what we had to do so he sort of steered charles ray that way yeah but
1: he's a total random
0: character there could have been so many other people to like kind of steer him in that direction but voodoo john
1: voodoo john he's there to explain the voodoo he does that i guess and (laughs) He does, like you mentioned, he moves the movie into his next phase. It's sort of a random way to do it. Um, I think that there's a very good reason why there's not voodoo in the reboot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, random beads wearing black people with voodoo magic is probably not the way to go in most films. Um, Mm -hmm. I appreciate it in this film because it's so (laughs) weird and goofy, um.
0: Well, it's a step away from the ancient man from the east, the the weird yeah, Asian yeah.
1: guy. You know, <laughs> at least it's not that true, true You know, true. it's not like the magic gremlins don't feed him. Yeah, anymore. exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um. Yeah, random, but you know, for a movie with a very sh- relatively short runtime and with a very thin plot, you know, whatever. Got it. That's how Charles Lee Ray figured mm-hmm. out this magic and now we can move on to the next. Now there's next no one. unanswered questions at all. Right. N- none at all. Is there Jesus. not really an equivalent in the reboot, is there? Right?
0: No, not really.
1: Alright. Well, that was Voodoo John.
0: <laughs> that was Voodoo John. And we'll go on to our last victim. He's uh, the doctor. He's the one who is mm. after Andy gets admitted. He's, I guess he's the head doctor. And uh, he's not really great. You know, we already know that Chucky's alive. Other people know Chucky's alive and this is still one of those voices going, it's not the doll, you stupid boy. Stay in this locked room, which is pretty much like a prison. This is where, this asylum is. or wherever he is in. And, uh, the doctor pretty much gets, like, just, like, chapped up by, what's a scalpel? He's zapped first. Oh,
1: right now I'm remembering his death, dude. but does he get stabbed by Chucky at all? He does, but after he gets zapped. So, all right, I, let me, because it's fresh in my mind, all right? Okay, go for it. So, we just killed Voodoo John. Voodoo um, John, actually, we didn't kill him yet. He was alive long enough to tell the detective and the mom that mm-hmm. uh, the boy is the answer. We must save mm-hmm. the boy. Voodoo John doesn't even know who this boy is, but I respect that he wants to save him. Um, <laughs> Chucky is in some weird puppetry climbing up the staircase across the street from the hospital to then make his way into the hospital. Whatever. Uh, Andy looks out the window. It's Jackie. It's Jackie. He's trying to kill me. Please. (laughs) He's great in the movie, though.
0: I'm not going to share this man. He's great. He really does give a genuine... You know, threat, like, I'm being threatened here. He gives a genuine performance. I like him. No, that he is kid, funny to impersonate.
1: <laughs> it is fun to impersonate. But, like, that kid is super, super important throughout the film. Yeah. Whether it's, it's starting with uh, him making the breakfast in bed for his mom, that's <laughs> character building. Uh, yeah. No one believes him, that's character building. Well, anyway, so, Chucky is trying to kill him. And this kid just knows that. He's like, help me, motherfucker. Like, help me. <laughs> um, the, the doctor, more or less, like doesn't believe him. In uh, Chucky's attempt to kill him, he's able to sneak away to another part of the hospital. The doctor tries to give him, you know, crazy juice. <laughs> tries to <laughs> He tries to basically put a uh, a needle in his kid's arm to calm him down. Somehow Chucky gets one knows like, you know, when you're in the crazy house. That's what I'm
0: house. saying. I think he like cut his leg and then he fell. Yes, on the Yes, that's, that's what I was. Yeah, that's Chucky's what I was
1: main move. He just like he gets you right in the, the <laughs> ankle or the kneecap, and now you can't stand anymore. Um, which happens in the reboot, too. Yeah, but like he gets his doctor on the floor by slicing him up twice, zaps him with the uh, mental hospital zappy head Electroshock finger. therapy yep. thing or something. Electroshocks him to a crisp and it finishes him off with the scalpel. The kid's able to slip away just long enough, and uh, it's an interesting death scene because sort of one of our last skeptics. Is uh, <laughs> taken out and it's in a setting appropriate manner. I think that that's one thing mm-hmm. Chucky's very good at in this original film. If you're in a, a crack house in Chicago, he's gonna light the stove, <laughs> <He'll> blow you <laughs> up. If you Voodoo Johnny, he's gonna Voodoo you, and if you're a, a, a shitty um, a shrink, he's gonna zap you electro style. Mm-hmm. So like, it's all thematic. I
0: appreciate. Yeah, that. he uses his environment to his advantage probably the most gruesome death in the whole film because you don't see the guy get exploded you don't necessarily see the guy get stabbed voodoo john because it's the voodoo doll that gets stabbed you just see him bleed out you see aunt maggie just get hit in the head with the hammer you do see her fall out but it's sort of like zoomed out like this is up close when that fucking electroshock therapy is coming out this guy's fucking like bleeding out of his mouth his fucking face it's just got like dirt on it but it's pretty effective what they did with this death it's the last death it's the most gruesome death yeah pretty crazy
1: stuff yeah yeah and i'll put it i'll put it like this uh in terms of depth like you said no character in this movie is very fleshed out this doctor that's no fault of his own but since he doesn't believe our main character that puts him in the <laughs> camp of bad people um <laughs> and you know it's one of those deaths where it's like ooh, like you're watching it's like cool to see you're not too affected by it because you don't know who this guy is and uh again stakes stakes on stakes on stakes. Chucky's loose. The kid needs to get away. We know the kid is the answer. You know, it starts to, it starts to kind of ramp us into the, the end of that film. It's a good death in the sense of it's graphic, like you mentioned, and it sets up the stakes for the rest of the film. I don't have anything else to add there. This is a great martini. I'll add that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just added one more death to it. I think we have to also discuss Chucky's death. I think it's very <sighs> important. Or should we save we, the Chucky deaths for the end? Let's
1: save the Chucky deaths for okay. the end. Okay.
0: Okay, fair enough. All right, so that's our last death. Um, that's not Chucky in the original film. So let's go on to the deaths in the remake, unless there's anything else.
1: No, no, had. no. Let's, let's. Okay,
0: great. Yeah. Okay, so the remake, our first death is not a human. It is a cat. Mickey Rooney is the name of their cat, and it's uh, sort of an off-screen death because mm. we don't actually see what Chucky did. But we, Andy, just walks into the room and he sees it. The dead cat, you know, is bloodied up, and then Chucky's just standing over it. And Andy's reaction is just like, you killed my cat, which is weird because Andy already knew that the doll tried to strangle Mm -hmm. Mr. Rooney, and instead of doing the right thing there, this older Andy, instead of doing the right thing, A, getting rid of the doll, and B, telling your mom what happened, he sort of covers up for the doll, and he just gets rid of the cat's body, throws in the garbage chute. And tries to live like nothing happened.
1: Yeah. Um, Andy's in that sweet spot of age where it's like, okay, like if the six-year-old did that, even that, like I, it's still. It, there's not really an age where it's appropriate for you to try to cover this up. It's just not worth it's not worth your time. I'm not convinced. That this kid is that good of a friend with that doll, that he wouldn't just nip it in the bud right there. But it's a it's a low stakes enough death that I'll take it, you know. It's like, hey, Chucky, you can't do stuff like this. Uh duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> and like you mentioned, because it was already foreshadowing, so Chucky attempted this before, was warned that this is not okay, and then continued to do it. And I guess the only reason to kind of give Andy any sort of leeway on this is the doll is kind of holding him ransom, sort of blackmailing him, kind of. Like, he plays back the, the audio, and he plays back the... You know, the, that's a move of this doll a decent amount. So maybe Andy felt like he was implicated here and mm-hmm. tried to cover it up, but it's a very strange intro to deaths in this this film. I mean, it's just the stakes are not nearly high enough to just have the doll murdering his cat and him not doing something about it.
0: Yeah. I didn't read too much into a blackmail. I just thought, um, the, they tried to sort of justify it. The kid called the cat a dick. The cat did scratch Andy, kind of unprovoked. Uh, yeah. So I had a feeling like Andy wasn't really too close with this cat. It was Fair definitely enough. more the mom's cat. And uh, I think Andy kind of liked that he had this doll that was unique. You know, it... Right. was the reason he made friends at first. They're like, whoa, your doll says fucked up shit. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was more of a fear of just kind of losing any uh, ground he gained with, like, any friendships. That's fair. Uh, that's, why, that's more what I read into it. And he's like, okay, I'll sacrifice this little thing because, A, I didn't like the cat, and, B, I don't want to lose any friends.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of... Uh into it because I'm sure this will bleed into our next death but like that is fair that early on because of this sort of quote unquote teenage angst there's certain mm-hmm. things that he doesn't like um, I think the strength um, which I think is still overall a negative the strength of him being sort of estranged from his mother in a lot of ways um, it does allow for moments like this where mm-hmm. he doesn't want to tell her things he doesn't want to like he doesn't like Sean. He doesn't Shane. like the cat. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. He doesn't like Shane. He doesn't like the cat. You know. So I, I, I guess you're right there. Um, I, I I'd say your interpretation of what's happening makes makes a lot of sense in terms of character motivation. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's still messed up. You I me mean, oh, if you yeah. see a doll kill like one of your pets, mm-hmm. gee, do not defend that doll. <laughs> Get rid and, of it immediately.
1: And then the next scene, we see Andy dump it down in the garbage chute
0: yeah so so he's an accessory
1: <laughs> after the fact correct and uh like like we mentioned before given his age that does flavor things a little bit different you know exactly
0: like, he he should know better like I, I know you kind of gave him like he's at that age where he doesn't know better but i feel like at 11 you, you know and yeah yeah, he, yeah. It, it's not really excusable what he does i was trying to just figure out why he would do it but i'm not saying that's
1: an excuse at all the only excuse i'm giving him is he wouldn't be tried as an adult that's about it (laughs)
0: but you know cats are one thing reggie Mm -hmm. humans humans are what really raised the stakes here and our first human death as we mentioned before is shane good old shane do you want to
1: take the lead here yeah i'll take the lead here so just for backdrop we made the obligatory shane's a dick scene because they were saying he was a dick, and I wasn't really seeing it. But when Shane was like, Yo, if you're a real man, you're going to tell me what you think about me. It's like, all right, Shane. That... <laughs> you know,
0: as you do to 11-year-old children, uh, yeah. I often confront them. And if you're a real man, you'll tell me what yeah. you think. If you're 11, you could beat me up. And it was like,
1: geez. <laughs> so we removed some Shane credibility there. We finalize our Shane credibility removal by when he's like leaving the house. He's like, your kid's screwed up. He's driving home, he's talking to somebody. We don't know who it is. Turns out it's his wife. You see him, he's got a whole wife and kids, a whole different family. Chucky, at this point, from a motivation standpoint, has been acting in the sense of, Andy's my best friend. Mm -hmm. And when people hurt my friend, Mm -hmm. bad things happen. So we're still in that that world where, okay, the cat scratched Andy. So the doll, not knowing better, I guess, strangled him. Shane's a dick, and Andy says he wants Shane gone. So here we are, the next logical conclusion is, Mm -hmm. Shane now must uh suffer i guess as it were i'll put it this way it is actually a cool scene uh, oh he, yeah he, yeah <laughs> he goes home and like stupid wife and kids he puts his ladder <laughs> up he's taking down christmas lights who knows what time of year it is at this point
0: you know, it's like way after christmas also he, he also makes a funny comment because he's taking his christmas lights he didn't unplug them they're still on This fucking asshole is probably... If Chucky didn't kill him, he probably would have electrocuted himself.
1: Correct. Correct. So the guy jumps up on a ladder to take down Christmas lights. Uh, Which is probably completely unnecessary. And at this point, he doesn't know that Chucky is a thing. Like, he thinks it's raccoons or something like that. Um, Chucky knocks down his ladder. Shatters. (laughs) Shatters what I imagine is his femur bone. I love the scene where his kids are like have their headphones on they're just like right. yeah like
0: he, he he falls down his fucking both of his legs you see the fucking bones protrude from his skin yeah. he like screams out they got the headphones on he falls down as soon as he falls down they look back oh, nothing there <laughs> I man it's was, it was beautiful
1: yeah and then what this movie did really well with this depth is he's wrapped around these christmas lights and chucky starts this I don't know, it's like a tiller almost. It's like, yeah, it's called a tiller. Yeah, this machine is like just digging up the dirt and presumably it's going to it's gonna like slice up uh, Shane. So Shane's like, oh, shit, help, help. You know what I mean? Uh, no one's hearing him because his kids listen to an iPad or something like that. And I thought it was a very nice touch when the thing's getting close and he just kind of pushes it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, I'm a grown man. I can just stop it with my strength. That was great. You know, because, like, you think about the original film, like, you figure most people getting killed by Chucky could probably just do that to Chucky. Like, wait a minute, hold on, just just stay back, like, a foot.
1: I mean, most of Chucky's murder weapons are tiny tools from a tiny kid's toy tool Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. So it's, like, even, like, the bat is, like, this small. Mm -hmm. And, like, grown men are being felled by a two-foot toy. It's very strange in the original film. Yeah. The ability for Chucky to do any of the things that he's doing. Um, it makes a lot of the deaths kind of cheesy and goofy. Um, in this reboot, at least they acknowledge that. And it's like, man, this is going to kill me. <laughs> then uh, Chucky, you know, jumps up and stabs him. and then Wait, we get... should
0: mention also, like, Chucky at this point, I think it's a Castlin. Is it a Castlin, the, the tiller? Or is he not using uh, those powers? Maybe yet?
1: it is. I didn't really pick up on that, but probably...
0: It could be. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, just spoilers. Chucky, you know, like he said, he's a smart doll, so he can connect to other yeah. Caslin, uh made devices. So if it's a castlin run tiller, then he doesn't even need to be near it. He could just use yeah. Wi-Fi or Bluetooth prob- or
1: whatever. It probably is because there's no indication of how it started. So yeah, I think right. you're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, it's, again, just the more believability, you know, the doll in the original film going around with children-sized toys killing people, uh, or a doll who can connect to these devices, mm-hmm. you know, via Bluetooth, and it's like, okay, that's a lot more believable.
1: Yeah, and even, like, the way Shane dies, like, yeah. Could the thing knock over a ladder? Probably. Ladders mm-hmm. are already unsafe. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, so we got the ladder, we got the, uh, the guy basically hung up in his own Christmas lights, and the tiller's just, like, pulling the lights closer and closer. And you're like, oh, shit, this is how he's going to die. And you get that little <laughs> <laughs> which is a beautiful touch, by yeah. the way. I think it's a very strong scene here. And, you know, at this point, it's like, it feels like the danger's abetted to a certain extent. And here's Chucky, stabs him Ooh. in the chest. The, the tiller chops off the top of his scalp. We see that bad receding hairline or toupee or whatever that is. And, um... Even darker <laughs> than that, you know, when, uh, which again making Mike Norris the detective comes into play here because he's investigating these homicides. You see like this skull on the ground, and like we don't even know at this point that like this his face has been sort of manually removed by the doll, so it's just like it's this entirely crazy scene. It gives us one of Mike Norris's ridiculous one liners where he says. Oh, white guy dead in a watermelon patch. Poetic. <laughs> <laughs> so. That was a good, yeah, I had a good laugh there. It, you know what? This is where the movie's working, right? This, this movie's yeah. working right here because mm-hmm. Shane sucks. Did we kind of force that narrative? Yes, but he does suck. Mm-hmm. And as a kind of movie goer, you're kind of okay with his death because like, yeah, screw that guy. What I'll say about this. Versus like the Aunt Maggie being the first human death is Aunt Maggie's super likable. Mm -hmm. You know, like we like Aunt Maggie, which again, it's its own sort of stakes in that way that like you take likable characters and you kill them. And this scene is like if you're going to introduce people to deaths, take a guy you don't really like that much, an expendable character like a Shane. You even add the backstory of like, oh, this guy really is a dick because he's been banging Aubrey Plaza. Meanwhile, he's got a whole secret family over here, mm-hmm. so it's a very fun opening, like you mentioned, human death in this right. like, kind of like slasher thriller, and it sets the stage for what type of murder we're gonna see in the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this particular sequence, I think it's one of the stronger sequences throughout the film, and I, I appreciate everything about it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was a very enjoyable scene, like you said. We made this guy a dick. Um, So you could kind of root for Chucky at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's kill this asshole. Like, he's got a family? What the hell? I didn't know that. I hate him even more now. So it's definitely a death you can watch without, like, feeling bad at all. You're just like, yeah, this is great. And it's uh, over the top uh you know then when that tiller just rips his head off and then just like you see it like land perfectly on a watermelon i was just like what yeah. my fucking wife came in at that point she's like what are you watching I'm like is- you walked in at the rough worst scene here yeah, exactly. so but it's it's over the top uh you can cheer for it it's uh it's enjoyable as hell um this really kind of set the tone. Yeah. Like at this point, I'm like, okay, I can get on board this because, like, the beginning, I was like, I don't know, but like, okay, this is the type of movie we're doing now. Okay, I can get kind of get more behind this now. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a good, like you mentioned, tonal shift. It it sets a lot of stages. It you know, it sets basically the stakes once again. Mm-hmm. Um, the original film, I don't think ever really pulls off a death like this, it doesn't pull off a believable kind of fun slasher death. Also, in a weird way, this Chucky, at this point, which you cannot say about Charles Lee Ray, sort of still has some kind of morality too, which is, you hurt my friend, I hurt you, right? So, is this a misguided toy? Seemingly so. Does it ramp up from there? Absolutely, but like at this point, you're not too, I mean, you're concerned that, obviously, there's a murder, murderous doll. But, like, it seems to be kind of working within the bounds of, like, you can get behind. Mm-hmm. You can't really get behind a murderous doll, but you can get behind killing off Shane, like we were saying. Yeah. So, all right, we're still kind of okay with this, and we have a tone shift, which mm-hmm. worked really well. From here, I don't know, it starts to get dicey. Well,
0: well did you go into uh, what happened after? with uh no shane.
1: but like we have to get we have into to. that. <laughs> so we get the cat murder right we andy knows that the cat was murdered because the doll is replaying kind of the cat death in his room and it sort of haunts me he's got to like cover his ears and stuff like that when shane dies oh yeah this... by the way that scene's fucking creepy as hell
0: oh like it's course. late at night Andy's just trying to sleep. Chucky's just in the corner staring at him as he does. And he's just playing audio of the cat meowing and audio of him killing the cat. Yeah. Really fucked up shit. <laughs>
1: Super fucked up. Super fucked up. So Shane dies here, and that was already crazy enough. But to add <laughs> insult to craziness, he wakes up, and this Chucky doll has made some sort of sick gift for him, which is uh, a watermelon. With Shane's skinned off face, reference because earlier they were watching like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or something like that, where yeah. there's a slasher film they there watching and the guy's face got cut off. So Chucky's like, Hey, you like this? You're gonna love this. <laughs> you got Shane's skinned off face on a watermelon with a bow, uh you know, uh, a bow on it, and it I I was very disturbed uh, watching that scene. Here's where we, we gotten this before, but it starts to deviate. Andy calls his friends over to mm-hmm. witness this sickness. And now, all of them are implicated. And they come up with what I would say is the dumbest plan of all time. <laughs> they, uh, they gift wrap the watermelon with the face so that they can throw it out.
0: Yeah. You could have easily just put it in a garbage bag uh, and just thrown that out.
1: Yes. But
0: yes. they decide to wrap it up as a gift.
1: I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, like... Kids are stupid. (laughs) Yeah, kids are stupid, but in both films... There were things about both films that really disturbed me. Like I said, horror films really aren't my genre. I found that, at this point in the reboot, the victims are still kind of like the type of victims where you can kind of let it slide. I mean, it's sick, Mm -hmm. but you can let it slide. In the original film, I found that the terror that was befalling this small child and this single mother, I found that very disturbing to me because... They did not seem like the types of people that should have been victims. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this reboot, uh, that starts to happen after this. But, like, I'm just just so kind of disturbed by, like, what happened and what their solution is. Mm -hmm. And, like, the fact that, like, when Andy takes that watermelon and he's going to throw it away, but he ends up giving it to the detective's mom... I just, I don't know. It started to really bother me. It, like, there was somewhere... Th- this is where the off-ramp was for me. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. your mom caught you. Trying to dispose of uh, human remains. Look, dude, don't give them to the nice black lady that lives across the fucking <laughs> hallway from you. Could you, like, could you just, like, maybe own up to it? You got your friends here. You could all say, look, we know Andy didn't do this, but it's this happened, and, you know... If you're going to loop in your friends, loop in your mom. Your mom's kind of young enough to be one of your friends. Maybe she'll help you out. I don't know. <laughs> it, I don't know. It was a very disturbing sequence. Um, I did not like when they just kind of handed off this watermelon face thing to another party. And it mm-hmm. just really disturbed me and made me like kind of sick to my stomach that like, this loose end was just hanging out there. You know, I, yeah. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, it, it was weird. It, it felt to me like, again, another kind of tonal shift into something that the movie doesn't really go into too much, like kind of a dark comedy.
1: Because
0: yeah. now we have the situation where the kid has to give this present. He knows what it is. He's trying hardest not to have it open right there because his mom's like, let's open it up right now. No, open it up next week. We'll open it up together. So it sort of becomes a dark comedy at that point, but that's what they, they weren't doing that before. Right. They don't really go there again later. So it's sort of out of place um the whole time.
1: I agree. I agree. It's a strange sequence. Like I'm not sure why the mom needs to find them trying to dispose of this grotesque thing. And it doesn't further the plot enough for it to mm-hmm. be there. I guess that does sequence us into our kind of our next deaths because the stakes have raised now that this face watermelon thing. I can't believe I'm saying these words out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> this face watermelon is now out there and mm-hmm. it starts to frame up sort of our next deaths because Andy has now given this to the detective's mother and has to now try to retrieve it in some manner. I mean, there's so much going on. Can, maybe you can, can you help me from here? I'll, sure, I'm just, yeah, I'll
0: right. help you out. Well, kind of after that, Andy and his friends do realize, okay, there's something wrong with this doll. We gotta take care of it. So before any other deaths happen, they're actually going after chucky so they they corner him they pin him down easy enough three pre-teens versus one tiny doll they pin him down Andy's about to rip out i guess his iron man core yep uh that these dolls have uh so he's about to rip it out but fun as you know chucky starts singing a little song to his buddy andy you are my buddy we'll get into that more later yep. but uh, he sings the song andy kind of freaks out He's just like, wait a minute. I made a connection with this doll through this song, so I can't do it. So he doesn't actually kill Chucky at this point because the doll sang a song. So again, uh, I, it wasn't believable for me because like, you're 11, man. Do you really feel like I bond with this doll because of this song? If he was a young kid, I would have bought it. I would, yeah. that's, that's besides the point. Anyway, uh, one of the people, I think it's the girl. I think she's able to rip out the core and uh, Chucky pretty much dies. And they throw him down a garbage chute. Yep. But that's not the end of Chucky because our electrician, Gabe, finds him. And Gabe was sort of established earlier in the movie. He's uh, the creepy repairman because every mm-hmm. time Audrey pauses is there, he just kind of stares at her. And we found out he's even creepier because he has secret cameras set up throughout the whole apartment complex. And his... The whole his whole deal is I found Chucky I'm gonna try to you know fix it and sell it on eBay yep. which is weird because I feel like he had to spend a lot more getting all these different parts <laughs> than he would then he's gonna make back by selling this doll on eBay but that's yeah, kind of Gabe's deal
1: yeah I I mean there's no indication to me that this doll is like that expensive like in the original film yeah it's expensive for like a single mom that needs to save up and like. You know, has a lot of, like, issues there. I'm not under the impression that the doll is, like, an uncommon household item. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't imagine a guy taking a lot of time and resources. It's yeah. like putting Alexa back together. But whatever. What I do appreciate about Gabe is that he does fall under the category of people that can die. Yep. Shane was a bad guy. He kind of pushed Andy around. The cat was kind of, whatever, It scratched him, and it, the cat sucked. So Shane sucks. The cat sucks. This guy, who was already a creep, and then we find out he's a super creep. Once
0: Fucking again, he's Norman, he's Norman Bates in the remake of Psycho.
1: He totally is. I was thinking that, too, because I thought he was kind of, you know, doing the
0: yeah.
1: action there. Another character that we're fine with these sort of, like, over-the-top, like you mentioned, kind of, like, black comedy deaths of... Uh, I guess we can just get into it. So after he basically, like, replaces the Chucky Doll's Iron Man core and reboots his system... <laughs> He's getting ready to sell them on eBay. Meanwhile, he walks up to his little camera system, and he recognizes Aubrey Plaza's over there taking a shower right there. So he's starting to, you know, get a little interested in that. (laughs) Chucky pulls himself off the table and, like, starts messing with the Castling Corp (laughs) items in his house. So while he's trying to creep on Aubrey Plaza's uh, nude body, his system starts messing up, and he's like, castling, reboot. i you see some Aubrey Plaza tits. And uh, next thing you know, he's in a precarious situation because this doll has, from the original film, sliced his ankles and knee- kneecaps, mm-hmm. started up a bunch of stuff, like his little Roombas castling. The pipes in his, in his room are controlled by castling. So, like, all of this stuff starts happening. There's, like, a saw in the middle of the room. Very much in the style. Well, of...
0: Gabe is really stupid because uh, Chucky, he's he's really tall. He's really sorry. Chucky's really tiny. He's got this kind of exacto knife that Shane was using to repair Chucky. He's just cutting at his ankles. So Shane's like, "All right, I'll just stand on this table saw. Mm-hmm. That's a smart move." So yeah. he stands on the table saw. Uh, Chucky turns on the table saw. Gabe's like, nope, I'm going to just climb on this pipe. And as he's on the pipe, that's when Chucky raises the temperature. He doesn't control the pipes, he controls the thermostat. And then it gets really hot, the pipes. And, you know, Gabe can't shimmy because he's a big guy. So instead of, you know, moving or anything, he just falls onto the table saw. Fall backwards, dude. He could have done many things. This is one of those kind of, like, yeah, you
1: probably could have avoided those deaths. (laughs) Yeah, But it's kind of in the style of, like, Sort of like a, the grindhouse type films, like uh, yeah. it because like these characters are getting their comeuppance, right? So like mm-hmm. Shane has a secret family, so yeah, let's chop his head off. Gabe is a creep, so let's uh, slice him up in the old uh, crotch region with this table saw. It's still in that category of kind of like justified deaths, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, like Chucky clearly is a screwed up doll. You can't really root for him, but at this point, you're slightly okay with the people that he's choosing to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately like Gabe is like up the ante again because this doll is back in action and we're going to have to deal with him throughout the film. Um, all right, well, anyway. Table Saw, these like over-the-top deaths are still really well done. I mean, yeah. a little goofy and ridiculous but like that is a style of horror and I'm okay with it. This is where the film starts getting back in that Category that I didn't like about the first film in some ways. You start messing with more innocent characters that definitely don't deserve these types of deaths. And uh, mm. after the whole Gabe thing, kind of simultaneously, Andy goes to uh, Detective Norris's mom's apartment. They have dinner together. He's basically well, he, trying to. I
0: think he's doing it while uh, he's getting repaired by Gabe because while I... Gabe's repairing him, he's seeing through the security cameras that Andy's having dinner with Detective Norris and his mother. So I think that's where. Chucky gets the idea that, yep. uh-oh, getting replaced.
1: I 100% agree, 100% agree. And, you know, there's just this weird, awkward dinner, and, oh, look what Andy made for me, and there's this the present, and we know it's a face on a watermelon, which I still am very much disturbed by. <laughs> uh, eventually, Andy's kind of able to slip away with the watermelon and dispose of it, as it were, which it does come back later in the film. It's discovered after the next death that we're talking about. Like you mentioned, uh, during the Gabe scenario, Chucky recognizes that the detective's mother is now Andy's best friend, I guess?
0: Just, just a friend, I think. At this point, Andy's just like, I'm sorry, at this point, Chucky's just like, anybody who gets in my way has to go. Chucky's just getting more crazy. His AI is getting more out of hand, just more towards that psycho. So he's, uh, pinpoints it. He could, it could have been the detective, could have been his mom. I think the mom was just the easier target because she was doing the Kaplan stuff on her phone. So he figured out um, that she was going to take a tap, or uh, one of those self-driving cars, I should say, to bingo night. I know it was bingo night because that's what it said on the sign. Yep. (laughs) So so she's taking this self-driving car, like I said, there's nobody in there, uh, to bingo night. She's in the front passenger seat. And then she's about to get dropped off. She's really excited. She's like, ooh, look at me in my hot ride. Like, all her friends looking jealous. And mm-hmm. then the car just starts, screeches, goes back in reverse, driving around the parking lot, like, freaking crazy. She's freaking out, you know. I'd be freaking out, too, at this point. And yep. then, uh, or no, first Chucky makes his presence known. Like, he just like, Andy's my friend or something to her. And then, like, right. makes the car crash. And then that's not just- enough because she's still alive. So he has to
1: finish her off. Disengages her seatbelt, crashes her into something, she's all injured and stuff, like you mentioned, and then Chucky somehow gets into the car, starts stabbing her, and that is the latest victim. After that scene, the detective discovers the watermelon head, kind of puts two and two together, mm-hmm. has pegged Andy for the killer at this point, mm-hmm. and it's personal because his mother was killed. Mm-hmm. So... We move into sort of the sequence of the film where Andy's mom, I I don't remember everything, but Andy's mom's kind of mad at him about something else, about lying or something like that. No, because he
0: took the phone, because Chucky's no longer in his possession. Some other kid who lives nearby now has Chucky, and he's like, wait, that's not your Chucky. That's actually my Chucky. He's he's still evil. You could see that it's him, and the kid's like, no, this is my Chucky. I found him. So he took that kid's phone, and that's how Andy knew that... uh, his Norse's mom was getting gonna get killed because he could see through the kid's phone That's what right. chucky was seeing yeah and i'm just gonna kind of defend her death like i thought it was like i thought it was a good idea to kind of kill her because like you said up to this point we were only killing kind of bad people i agree so by killing an innocent person a really innocent person you really raised the stakes like i agree a hundredfold so i was like well oh, they're gonna kill an old lady who did nothing damn so for me, that just raised the stakes. Like, okay, anybody's gonna
1: fucking die in this movie. That that's fair. I found that, uh, like I mentioned, throughout my first watch, excuse me, throughout my watch of the original film, I found that sort of the subject matter in terms of like the people being affected by this, I found it to be a little like, like I mentioned, disturbing. Like it's like sucks, man. Like the single mom and her kid mind their own business, and like this serial killer murder guys being all serial killer like <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is the first time in the reboot where you look at someone's like oh not not her mm-hmm. and you're right it does raise the stakes and the movie starts to really kind of pick up pace from here too yeah, yeah. Like like uh, like you mentioned this is all kind of simultaneous Gabe's getting killed while he's at dinner trying to hide the face watermelon mm-hmm. thing the mom dies in the very next scene while like you mentioned um Andy's discovered more or less that it's his Chucky that his friend I can't remember his name, like Omar or something like that, has. Uh, The mom gets mad at Andy because he's got his friend's phone, Mm -hmm. you know, and they got in a fight and everything like that at Zed Mart. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Whatever. So, like, everything's starting to just kind of like go, go, go. And, Mm -hmm. again, for a movie like this, I can appreciate you picking up the pace Mm -hmm. because we've got about as much establishment as we need it. The original Mm -hmm. film didn't even bother to worry about all these all these like loose ends, they just got yeah. kind of into it. So the movie's really, really picked up here. So Andy gets taken to Zed Mart, mm-hmm. more or less, uh, to kind of wait it out while his mom finishes her shift to, I guess, deal with this. Meanwhile, the Buddy 2. Buddy 2! Is... Oh boy, it's coming out. It's going to be the new best thing. So the Buddy 2 is going to get released. It's Everyone's excited. There's a whole, like, door front with it. Meanwhile, like we said, simultaneously, Detective uh, Norris realizes that his, one, his mom's dead, which makes that personal for him. Two, he finds the watermelon head. Three, it's in the uh, it's in the gift wrapping that Andy mm-hmm. put put it in. So, like, Detective Norris now thinks that it's Andy, mm-hmm. which reasonable that you would think so. So now, everything's converging at the Zed Mart with the Buddy Two reveal, and it gets crazy
0: yeah you didn't, think it, you didn't think get crazy enough with some of those deaths it gets crazier because we are about to reveal buddy two i think it's at this point like i might be a little bit out of order but our detective norris does find andy kind of pins him to the ground starts handcuffing him he's like no 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 chucky's gonna be here he's like you need look shut up because he like you got it's personal i know you killed my mom so i'm gonna arrest you But at the same time, Buddy 2 is about to be revealed. Some employee has to put on the Buddy 2 mask. As he has it on and he can't see shit something stabs him in the neck oh fuck this isn't good but the show must go on reggie because after he gets stabbed the curtains open up and there's all the kids going yay and he's just like whoa i'm fucking dying here man yeah. i'm fucking dying and then he fucking <laughs> takes the helmet he takes the mask off and then <laughs> just blood
1: squirting out of his neck well, onto small the little child. Kids. Oh, oh my a god small child a little girl in like a pink jacket with a little hat knit and she's like oh yay the buddy too, and this guy's just
0: spraying blood right on her it's guy nuts. sprays blood on her she freaks everybody freaks everybody starts running but it's not over yet because chucky's there he's connected to the cast caspin
1: yeah ca- uh castling, uh corp Caslin. so
0: he's, he's got the castling hookup he's got drones reggie with, we got with drones like razor everywhere. blades on him yeah so even though that guy got stabbed in the neck before and it was gushing blood out of his, not done one it. of his major arteries. He's not dead yet. It takes a flying drone to the other side of his <laughs> neck. It's just like always oh, like overkill to the extreme. But yeah. I was just like,
1: all so right. To be fair, because the movie does have ethics. He was cheating on his wife. He banged Kathy or whatever in the uh, the warehouse.
0: <laughs> this is true. This is the same guy. But, you know, you thought he was dead. He was okay-ish. But, nope, not anymore because that drone took care of the rest. Uh, there's drones flying everywhere. Other Buddy Twos are coming to life. Stabbing other people. Killing people. Chucky's there. It's we, mass chaos, dude. We, it's like we got, some we got zombie real, movie
1: or something. Yeah, we got a real Five Night at Freddy's going on here. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, like the whole the whole shop goes like dark and there's like red lights and yeah. just like you mentioned chaos, people running lockdown, people getting stabbed and killed. And like the buddy twos are now coming to life and they're biting people and stuff like that. It was nuts, dude. I, I mean, wow. Like just, I mean, this... yeah,
0: you <laughs> exactly. talk about a climax in a, f- a fucking horror film. This, this is a fucking good climax.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> and what I will say about this scene here is, uh, kind of going back to one of the things we said before, luckily because at this point the detective's so mad at uh andy that one he cuffed him and then as he realized things were going bad he cuffed him to a shopping cart this is where that friend group comes back into play because andy's friends do show up to try Mm -hmm. to help him they got like you know like saw like chainsaws and stuff like that so yeah it's it's kind of cool that like his friends are there and like There's definitely a support, especially given the fact that this situation is so over the top. I can't imagine <laughs> two random people trying to stop this chaos. So it's lucky they have friends of some sort.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Man, just, I don't know. It's, it's a wild scene, dude.
0: It's wild, yeah. And just going back to the friends, like, <laughs> credit to the girl. The, the girlfriend, or not his girlfriend, but the friend who's a girl, like, she's like, Follow me. She's like, takes a chainsaw and just like, hacks the head off of one of the buddy twos, and all the boys are like, Yep, gonna follow her. Yeah. <laughs> so that a little funny beat amid this chaos. Yeah, it's just crazy the whole time. And also, uh, at one point, the drone's going right towards our detective, and here's where Aubrey Plaza actually does something. She kind of pushes him out of the way. Yeah. He still gets hit, though. So. He goes down, but he doesn't die. So she does kind of save his life there. So she does a little bit of something here.
1: Like I said, there's so much kind of chaos in this scene that it's going to be very easy to get lost in it. But, like, yes, Aubrey Plaza does save his life in this moment. We're not necessarily sure that that's the case. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. the scene just really playing out. Everyone starts trying to clear out of the store. It's mass chaos. Castle and Corp. locks are starting to lock down in there, and people were trying to escape. So at this point...
0: Tim Matheson you know, is saying crazy
1: shit on the TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, the Casting Corp CEO. And um, Andy's friends are like, hey, look, we, we got to go. We recognize at this point that Chucky has kidnapped his mom. So Aubrey mm-hmm. Plaza is tied up. Uh, you know, She's gagged, more or less, and she's in trouble. And Andy's friends are like, if we stay here, we're all going to die. And, and he's like, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. We gotta go, we'll get the cops. And he more or less, like, pushes the shopping cart that was holding the doors up out of the way, and he goes to confront Chucky mano-a-mano. He's got his chainsaw thingy, he's got another blade, and he's going after this Chucky character. And, man, wow, what a, like this is such a nuts kind of, like, ending. I guess we're just getting into the ending. I mean, that's the only way yeah. to do this. So chucky's playing different things in his ear right huh the hearing aid comes back into play there's all this crazy like atmosphere like who knows where chucky is a cop car comes out and he's like follow me and oh no the
0: cop car says come with me if you want to live a nice shout out to robocop who is also uh produced by orion pictures who made this film so uh, there's a little robocop nod in this movie which is a film we're gonna eventually do one day i'm sure yes yes
1: we are (laughs) Yeah, there's some there's some similarities. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm, uh, sure. So he goes with the robot if he wants to live. Chucky, oh no, I'm sorry.
0: Dead or alive, you're coming with me. I think that, if you come with me, if you want to live, is Terminator. My bad.
1: Okay. One of those. <laughs> one of those, and then you got Aubrey Plaza there. She's tied up, and Chucky's like, yeah, you know, they're all want to take you away from me. I'm your only friend. Blah blah blah, and. Uh, you'll see uh, once it's just me and you. You'll see. And they begin to more or less hang Aubrey Plaza. She's connected
0: uh, to uh, she her, like, she's got a rope around her neck, and it's tied to, like, a forklift. And yep. the forklift slowly starts to raise up, so she starts to slowly hang as it Which goes up. Which
1: is another dark secret. The atmosphere gets very dark. Let's just put it that way. So Aubrey is literally being hanged. Kids, like, fighting off, like, random shit. Uh, eventually, he's able to kind of free himself to try to free his mother, who's being hanged real-time. Chucky jumps on him with the knife. They free the Plaza. They fight it out. The kid gets knocked out. The whole thing is nuts. Basically, the kid looks like he's down and out. And would you know it, the detective comes back and shoots Chucky. And things start to kind of stabilize here. Wait, wait wait, Chucky... wait, wait,
0: wait. Why did he stop? He was about to stab Andy. But he did. That, thank you. Because... Yep. And he starts singing,
1: "You are my buddy,
0: social friend." He starts singing that Buddy theme song, which is super catchy, super dark at the same time. It's a great theme song. Give it a listen, folks.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, it's a great song. So catchy that the robot's like, "Wait a minute! Why was I killing you? I want (laughs) to sing this song." (laughs) And as that happens, the detective, uh, as you know, Buddy's distracted, Chucky's distracted. The detective shoots. Buddy, the detective shoots Chucky. Chucky shot. They think that they're kind of all clear. Uh, <laughs> something that, that we'll talk about in the original film, too. Uh, they're not all clear. Takes a little bit more action. Eventually, they are able to, however the hell they stop the doll, Aubrey Plaza rips the head off of it, Stop screwing Yeah, she myself. goes Mortal
0: Kombat on fucking Chucky. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's... Honestly, dude, I can't even keep... I don't even remember what I saw. Like, it was just so much sensory overload yeah and more or less they uh they stop chucky there the mom and the detective are getting sort of carted off to the emergency room after all the dust starts to settle in the background you can hear uh like you mentioned uh the casting corp ceo what was that uh, tim matheson yeah tim tim matheson is like well we've done an investigation it's certainly not our fault (laughs) so you know you get that evil corporation voiceover the kids are destroying evidence. They take their little... The
0: kids have a fella scene in the back alley. They're all fucking, like, coming out in slow motion with baseball bats. Like, just like... It's like... It reminds me of,
1: like, office space. Die, yeah. oh, motherfucking die. Yeah, it's like an exact same thing. <laughs> so these kids get their their little uh, retribution. They, they, yeah. they go slam this Chucky doll, which I would have saved for evidence, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the mom and the detective have some weird connection that doesn't make since the ad there, they, like, hold hands as they're getting carted off to their own separate sort of uh, ambulances. The threat is stopped. Thank goodness. Castle Corps, they're not, They're going to recall all the old buddies. Meanwhile, the new buddies are still on the uh, on the line, and wouldn't you know it, but one of the eyes turns red on one of these buddy dolls, and to be continued, he question mark?
0: He smiles. He has a little... Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> So, end, uh, yeah. it, let me say this before getting into the ending of the other film. There's a lot of things that I hate, but overall, it was such a chaotic and intense scene that I think it brought me back into the film in a, in a good way. Like there's just so much mm-hmm. going on. They got so many different set pieces and stuff like that. There was sheer terror being portrayed on screen. I enjoyed sort of uh the way they decided to end this film it sort of wrapped everything up in that bow <laughs> it was a clean kind of ending and it was absolutely unique to the film that we saw mm-hmm.
0: so. yeah um as soon as i saw that they were going to do the buddy two reveal at the zed mart i was like oh my god chucky's gonna turn them all on and we're gonna have like a fucking massacre here and i wasn't disappointed i'll just say that uh, it was more brutal than anything in the original film. It was over the top. It was a fun little romp. Mm-hmm. So, uh I, I, yeah, it was it was some there were some stupid things there too, but uh overall, it I was able to go for the ride.
1: The movie hit its stride, it found its tone because there are some like you mentioned there's some sort of dark humor parts that didn't necessarily hit because tonally it didn't fit what we'd seen before. I think where partially this movie suffers is that by grounding things in reality and having this sort of more mundane mm-hmm. open, it's really jarring when, like, these extreme deaths happen, mm-hmm. you know. And I think the movie could have done well to have, like, maybe some more slasher elements early on so that you knew what you were kind of in for. Because so I think the movie doesn't quite let you know what type of film it is until much later in the film. And by then it's like, okay, I get it. You know, it's like an homage mm-hmm. to these, like, over-the-top gruesome yeah. practical effect horror films. I think a little too early on, it feels like a story about a teenage boy and his mom. And once the movie found its footing, I was yeah. – this scene specifically, I thought it was very, very strong.
0: Well, I think it's kind of like the original in a way uh, because, you know – we, chucky in the original is really nice and then all of a sudden you hear him go oh, you fucking bitch so it, like it changes shift there mm-hmm. and i'd say this movie kind of changes shift too with shane's death kind of around the same point at each movie kind of around the halfway point so oh. uh i think it works uh just like it worked in the original film
1: that's fair do we want to talk about the original film's ending
0: yeah we should definitely get into how chucky dies in the original film yeah, let's
1: get into it. So we have the scene where that doctor gets uh, killed mm-hmm. in the original. It's a little fuzzy to me. Like I feel like both these films get a little fuzzy in the details. But more or less, like, the mom and the kid get to, like, go back home.
0: Well, Andy goes back home by himself. That's right. And, and then the mom and the detective uh, arrive at the hospital, and they find out what happens. And then they eventually get there. They show
1: up that, at the house together. That's right, because the mom says more or less that... I taught him that if he was ever in trouble, to go home.
0: Oh, I, I missed that detail. I'm like, why is Andy home? How did he get home? I have no idea how he knew where he was.
1: Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, details. Luckily, you can pick up places where I'm forgetting and I, <laughs> I can pick up. It, none of it really matters. The point yeah. is, they go back to the house. Like, where it all started, kind where of. Where it all started. Andy starts to sort of Home Alone-style uh, gear himself up for this Chucky encounter. We've watched too many films where they've Home Alone things. Uh, I don't know. It's like this kid gets in a fight with this doll. Eventually, his mom makes her way there. I believe she shoots Chucky once, but then her gun jams. Oh, no. No, no. The detective shows up. I'm, I'm confused. So I'm lost, but I'm going to do my best here. So <laughs> the kid gets into a kind of back and forth with Chucky. Mm-hmm. The... Detective tries to like stop him, but he gets like stabbed or something.
0: He gets stabbed in the leg, and then he's pretty much down and out for the count the rest of the fight because he he is the worst detective in the world.
1: He sucks, and this is more evidence. The mom gets into it; she locks them into a room. Then Chucky's trying to come on the other side. She locks that door. Eventually, I don't know, like she gets into a fight with Chucky. I don't even remember how this happened, but she gets in a fight with a more, like, open space in the living room. Mm-hmm. Puts him into the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Chucky starts kind of freaking out. He's like, oh, you stupid bitch, let me out, <laughs> let me out. <laughs> dude, and um, when he freaks out, it's
0: pretty, like, intense. It's dude.
1: pretty intense. She's got her back to the thing, to the <laughs> fire escape, and she's trying to keep him in. And she turns on the gas, and she's like, and, Andy, a match, you know. And the kid gets a match lights the match
0: lights the match and right before he lights on fire, i wrote this down so i I gotta get to it give me a second (laughs) because our boy andy gets a one-liner here andy lights a andy lights a match uh chucky like you said he's stuck in the fireplace got that got a fireplace protector thing i don't know what it's called uh Mm -hmm. the mom's holding it up and then he's about to throw the match into the fireplace chucky goes wait a minute andy Remember? Friends till the end? And Andy gets his one-liner. This is the end. Friend throws the match in
1: there.
0: Fucking <laughs> beautiful. Fucking yeah. lights up Chucky like so a Christmas tree. And then he just burns for a while.
1: Yeah, he's like, ah! <laughs> and you're watching this little dog get all <laughs> burning. So, at this point, you you kind of have your, your false ending here. You think that Chucky is, is mm. done for because he was burned up. Mm-hmm. And then... They go back to check on the detective. It gets mm-hmm. again. It gets very fuzzy because then they kind of start doing regular shit again while the guy's still there. I was very confused yeah. by that. But then Chucky well, starts. Well, they think
0: they think the threat's over, so they're just checking on the detective. Then Andy goes to check on Chucky. He sees the body's not there. Right. So he
1: starts freaking
0: out. And then there's Chucky. He's still alive. Andy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's.
1: So the kid. Because Of the terror, he's not really screaming out yet in the house. He's just like, It's Chucky, it's you know, and uh, he starts to like yell for his mom. The mom comes with see. a gun, she comes with a gun, shoots the gun once, and then he says, Ah, what a it jam you, bitch, or something like that? So, the I gun think it, jam- might
0: have, it might have jammed earlier because I think at this point she's just shooting his limbs off.
1: Okay, you're right, you're right. So, man, this is so confusing. So, it did jam earlier because he shot. She shot him the one time mm-hmm. earlier when mm-hmm. he almost got Andy. Yeah. Then they lit him on fire. Then he got out, came after Andy. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I think she, she was slicing his limbs off. I don't remember. No, she's that.
0: shooting his limbs off at this point. She has the gun again. Thank and she's you. shooting his limbs off Thank one you. at a time. Pretty much arms and legs all shot off. And then she approaches Normal him. cop style. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, 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 no. So then, like, he's, like, pretty much lying on his face, and then she just shoots him in the back, like, a few times, right? Right. So she thinks the threat is over. At this point, um, they go check on the detective. The other detective
1: shows, shows up. up, too.
0: And he's like, What happened? And they're like, It's the doll. And he's like, don't, uh, Detective N- Norris, is that his name? I forgot his name now. Yeah, Norris. Yeah, det- yeah, Detective Norris is like, Don't, whatever you do, don't touch it. So he. The other detective, just doing whatever he wants, just grabs Chucky's dead head, places it on the table. He's like, what, you afraid of this, this little thing? And wouldn't you know it, right at the air vent, Chucky's arm comes through, just starts, like, choking his jugular, and then Chucky's head is still talking. Kill him! Rip out his fucking throat! It's fucking crazy
1: shit right here. You know what, I do want to backtrack, because in my confusion while recounting this, I did forget to say that before the detective and the mom show up, Chucky has got the best of Andy and is starting to do that voodoo shit again Mm -hmm. and is going whatever Mm -hmm. and um, he's more or less going to switch bodies so I did want to say that's how all this started Mm -hmm. for anyone that's confused about what's going on um, (laughs) I watched it I'm very confused right now so it's okay (laughs) um a lot
0: of things happened i think that's why we're getting confused as like the order of it it's like obviously it seems like too much shit happened because we we're having trouble recalling everything so yeah. uh some slight problems with this ending but anyways go, going on uh so he's got chucky's got him
1: and chucky's, Just trying to... chucky's head yeah. is giving the arms a pep talk I kill yeah. him do yeah. it <laughs> strangle him uh, if you can Dan.
0: Yeah, at this, so at this point uh, it, uh, the detective realizes he's a grown man and could just take this tiny doll with one arm off of him and he throws him against the wall and at this point uh, the mom goes, shoot him in the heart! So, I don't know why she has an accent like that all of a sudden. So uh, Detective Norris, who's been useless this whole time actually, this is he gets the last kill suits Chucky in the heart Chucky dies that's how the movie ends shoots him, shoots the limbs off, shoot him in the heart
1: because the movie introduces loose ends that it has no interest in like tying up basically the uh detective is like now nah, do you believe me to the other detective he was like yeah but who's gonna believe me <laughs> which then leads me to say yes who's gonna believe any of you and what happens next and they don't yeah. even care to answer that question they don't
0: care to do that everybody leaves the room andy leaves the room last looks back and on a freeze frame yeah so i had problems with that ending I already mentioned this before. I didn't like that Detective Norris is the one that give the last shot. Did it make sense too because the mom knew? She's the one that told him, shoot him in the heart. And she herself didn't shoot him in the heart when she had the gun and right. shot him several times. Why didn't she just flip his dead body over and shoot him in the heart? It, it just it didn't make sense to me that we have to give the detective uh, the final shot. I didn't like
1: that. Yeah. I think at least in the reboot, even though the detective gets the shot, the mom rips the head off. You know, she does the, yeah. like, motherly instinct thing. She does all the heavy lifting, like, from the beginning to the end. Yeah. She shows up. She shoots him the first time. The gun jams. She puts him in the fireplace. She lights a fire. She burns him up. Shoots him again, like, six different times. Yeah. Shooting off his limbs. Yeah. He shows up again. You know, like, ev- everything points to the mom should have been the the ender of this uh, whole debacle, mm-hmm. and it's just this random Detective dude, that's kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah. it's so, like
0: the, at school when you do a group project and that one kid doesn't do work and he still gets an A. That's mm-hmm. what that Detective Norris reminds me of.
1: Just to kind of, like, get us out of these ending sequences, because I'm starting to spin and lose my <laughs> my idea of what even happened. Both films, more or less, after the freeze frame, as you mentioned, end with, this could happen again. So, in, in the reboot, you know, it's... Uh, The eyes turn red on a buddy doll that hasn't been recalled. In the original, I'm sure it's something I don't remember.
0: I don't know if there was. I didn't really remember anything in the original film. Because it just ended on that freeze train. But as we know, through history, there was at least like seven. So (laughs) there was no problem of him living. Um, Uh, How did he live? I don't want to watch the second one. I, I. Yeah. But those are our endings. I gotta give the reboot some credit here. It did the uh, the murder sequences a lot better, like I already mentioned. I, d- I did not like that detective Norris got that final shot. The mom did all the heavy lifting, doesn't get the credit. Uh, and like we kind of discussed, it's just a little confusing because so much shit happens. Yeah, first yeah, this And then this, it's like how many ways can you try to kill this doll?
1: And it starts. I mean, the confusion started for me at the like mental hospital. Like, I so many things just happened so quickly by the end of that film Mm -hmm. that i got really lost a lot of things happen at the end of the reboot as well but it's a little bit more sort of succinct and like flows in an order that makes sense you know Mm because like there's so many like sort of uh false endings to the original that like i am confused as to where we even started at a certain point
0: yeah they have two fake out deaths in the original first in the fireplace the second time when all those limbs get shot off it's a little much
1: (laughs) It, it is much We've been talking about these movies for a, a long time, Dan. Way long,
0: just... dude. We're at fucking... We're coming up at three I... hours
1: here. <laughs> what, what, let, let, let's run it out. How does this end? How does this end, Dan? <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. I think we've said enough. I think we've said all anybody ever has to say about either a Child's Play movie. Here we go, Reggie. It's verdict
1: time. Reggie, should the remake Child's Play exist? Let me start by saying this. Um... I understand that child's play holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Um, I have lived 32 years without seeing the film. I'm aware of it. I more or less got the premise. I didn't know how little I got the premise because of all the voodoo shit that happened out of nowhere. I personally find the original film hard to watch, not because of like cheesy effects or anything like that. Just like, I'm not personally a fan of watching more or less innocent characters getting terrorized for an hour and a half. Like, I don't need to see single moms and little kids getting chased around by murderous serial killer robot, excuse me, dolls. That was a struggle for me in the original. Um, In the remake, there's more grounding. They ground into realism. They, you know, they hit a lot of beats better. The deaths are, you know, cooler, I guess I would say. Like, they're just more kind of like... It reminds me of saw a little bit you know these like mm-hmm. sort of yeah. set piece crazy deaths um although here's the problem even though it's realer it's still based on very very dumbass uh, premise I think they're actually better off keeping a lot of the camp of the original um they they get away from too much of the camp and like they make up for it in the deaths but there's enough likable characters that many of the sins of the film like here you know what now, nah, here's my answer. This shouldn't exist, and here's why. Because the original subject matter wasn't worth revisiting. Hmm. We revisited it, like you mentioned, seven times already. I get it. I like Aubrey Plaza. I like, what's his name, Mike Henry or whatever his name is. Uh, I thought the kid did a good job in the film. I thought Mark Hamill's voice acting was great. I just think that the story of Child's Play is dumb and I hate it, and I know a lot of people on the internet aren't going to like me after I say this, but I don't care because I didn't have fun watching either film, to be honest. (laughs) And no, this shouldn't exist. I'm done.
0: Fair enough. I'm kind of with you. I didn't enjoy watching uh, the original. I didn't really have a good time watching the remake. You know, I'm kind of like, I'm not really a horror guy. I can watch horror this particular genre child's play is definitely more of like the campy ridiculous side that whole voodoo thing with the original is pretty stupid um what they did with the reboot is they tried to you know definitely update it make it more realistic they put a modern spin on it you know technology uh that's a good spin because we are more and more dependent on this technology and just to have some evil entity sort of turn it against us that's an interesting concept I didn't like the characters as much in the reboot. I really thought it was dumb to make Andy older. Like I said, this is not necessarily my genre, but after all is said and done, I think when it comes to child's play, it was good enough. So I'm actually going to go opposite of you, Reggie. I'm going to say, yeah, I guess it should exist because that voodoo stuff is dumb as hell. (laughs) And just to keep going along that storyline, because, they've made seven of these child's play movies and just to keep saying it's a guy trapped in a, a serial killer trapped in a doll's body through voodoo. Kind of dumb, you know, giving it a, a new spin that it's okay. It's an e- doll turned evil. It's pretty stupid. Simpsons did it in a true house of horrors, whatever, but you know, okay. He's connected to the cloud. He's now going to use the technology against us. I thought the climax was enjoyable. I think mm. I kind of like, was I was kind of like you that these are kind of like saw esque, death scenes so um, i was a little more into the movies during those sure. points but like everything else was kind of like blah yeah. for me um I- even like mark hamill like i thought he was okay i didn't think he was really that great in this movie but uh, you know it's child's play yeah it's not it's not a, it's not really a great thing that we're taking from so i was like i thought i was being too harsh on it it's good enough for a fucking child's yeah. play so i was like all right let it exist. If they do a sequel, do more shit with the technology. Sure. Why not? I not my cup of tea, but sure, it worked sure. enough.
1: <laughs> and and that's uh, and I will acknowledge my own biases here, that like I just don't find the subject matter very entertaining. And just to continue my review here, this is actually a good movie, but it's it's wrapped up in a subject matter I can't. I just don't care about. Mm-hmm. child's play never gripped me so if you like child's play go see this because they updated it and they made it like work for 2019 i just find the premise so so dumb that i even this good movie i hate and i can't watch it again
0: <laughs> i really think there's something there there's something very black mirror about like this mm-hmm. thing that you are supposed to help you in life and it just sort of turns against you it could be done i feel like if you took the black mirror creators and you just gave them one of these scripts like they kind of did in a black yeah. mirror episode the one where uh, miley cyrus was a pop star and made yeah. happy nine inch nail songs it was kind yeah. of there <laughs> so it's like sort of along those lines definitely a little more on the gruesome and sort mm-hmm. of campy but like i said it's it's a it's a slasher film it's one of those killer yeah. films i don't know it's not really my genre but it was good enough i think people who enjoy these types of movies will enjoy this one
1: Had it been more of a slasher earlier, I'd be right there with you. It took them too long to kind of find their footing.
0: Yeah, Um, I get
1: that. And and again, like I'm saying, like to your point with Black Mirror, I'm just going to say this for our audience. This is my thing. I I have a personal affinity against this particular film. I just didn't find either one enjoyable for myself. Um, Maybe that's because it's horror films. I think honestly, what really bugged me a lot was just some of the people they chose to be victims. Just didn't feel didn't feel great for me. Like when uh, in the reboot, when they killed the detective's mom, it just I didn't like that. I, I wish that they'd picked maybe someone else there. I guess it brought the stakes back home, but like there's just too many people that aren't involved in this. Like you got the serial killer guy who wants to kill his getaway man in a detective. And somehow a single mom and her son get wrapped up in it. Same thing here. You got this random Vietnamese guy who has, like, a beef with his boss. And next thing you know, Aubrey Plaza and her son are wrapped <laughs> up in this crazy gruesome thing. And it, it worked. Look, trust me. It works. I just hate it. So, that's me.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fan either, but I'm sure there are people who like it. And that's, what I'm, that's kind of what I sort Fair of base my decision on. If you like the original Child's Play, I think you'll like the take on that they did to this new child's play oh but it's not a serial killer and a doll i think that's a stupid premise (laughs) stupid stupid premise if you like the child's play because of that you're liking child's play for the wrong reasons i think the deaths and just like it it's not really a dark comedy but it does have dark comedy moments in the Mm -hmm. remake Mm -hmm. so those kind of worked for me but yeah it's not necessarily my cup of tea but good enough for the genre i think we got some good laughs talking about these movies, so I did.
1: there's something there for us too, you know. That's true. Just because I hate just the the original premise as it were, doesn't mm-hmm. mean that like you mentioned, there's not something for somebody. But I gotta go with my gut. If I was doing a full on review I would tell you, I, I just I just don't like I don't like the subject matter, personally. <laughs>
0: No, it's, it, it's, it is a stupid premise of a, a child's doll is a, is a killer. They, they did it in The Twilight Zone. They did it in The Simpsons. And now they're doing it here. Uh, so, it's not what? the greatest thing. But, you know, a nice, light, light movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, in a way, because it's not really, like, serious yeah. subject matter. It's not going to really happen. And,
1: and somehow we've combined the runtime of both films to discuss it. So yeah there must so have been something there that's
0: there, there. what i'm saying there was something there for us uh and we, we were having fun talking about it so good enough from 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 me it was good enough
1: and for me <laughs> <laughs>
0: but he's your buddy
1: <laughs> i just know that like the internet is gonna come and just decimate me but i'm gonna have it's... less fans tomorrow
0: <laughs> i mean it's not a great franchise i'm i don't know if the later chucky's i stopped watching after the third one i tuned out after chucky got lucky so i don't know if those are better <laughs> like, i can't imagine how they are uh but you know good enough folks yep from your pal dan it's good enough it's free on amazon prime right now
1: yeah go <laughs> so check it out if you want to um all right so what are we what are we doing next time
0: well, I picked Child's Play. I'm sorry, Reggie. So what? you could pick the next one.
1: It was, it was okay. You know, like <laughs> look, I, if you're gonna rip the band aid, I, I eventually at some point I probably would have seen Child's Play. So it might as well have been for this. Um, but, uh, right. He's your buddy. He is your pal, <laughs> best friends. I'm, uh, it's funny
0: too because we we agree on a lot of things and then but like our verdict will be different
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is true i think it just comes down to the flavor of uh of what we want from films um so we did
0: a slasher we did a comedy we did a psychological thriller (laughs) we did uh another drama western drama all
1: right i got one so I, i originally envisioned us doing this in person but at this point look it's 2020 is COVID. It's not likely. So why, why continue to suffer? I think that we are due for Ocean's Eleven.
0: Ocean's Eleven. Okay, okay.
1: Dan Buellard, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Call me Danny Ocean. <laughs> yeah, I just think that, I don't know. I, I want to take a franchise that's uh, familiar enough to enough of the audience. Safe pick. I personally, again, I know this falls on me. I wasn't having too much fun with child's play this week not going to tell anyone my feelings about the ocean's franchise but i it's familiar enough to i think everyone that it might be a good idea to explore that
0: all right origin's 11 here we go
1: ocean's 11
0: <laughs> cue the quick montage of us watching it or something <laughs> Alright, great. Uh, so, that was our episode. Let us know what you guys think. Who do you agree with? <laughs> agree with me or Reggie, don't be afraid to hurt Reggie's feelings. He's a big boy. He can handle it. If you guys like the Child's Play franchise, if you hate it and you're like, Dan, what were you thinking? Feel free to rip me a new one. Yeah. You can find us in all the social medias at Retro vs. Remake. Um, if you, Like I said, if you're on iTunes, please give us a five stars or a good review. That would really help us out a lot.
1: Yeah, and... Let me tell you something. I already know, Dan, that you have the majority here. I am the contrarian. Uh, I almost can guarantee you that most of our audience loves Child's Play. But all you weirdos that are right there with me, <laughs> <laughs> let's embrace. Um, but definitely check out Retro vs. Remake, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. We're, we're everywhere making hot takes on some of your favorite remakes can we put on the shirt hot takes on remakes
0: yeah hot takes on remakes i like it and uh my buddy just uh texted me yesterday that they're making uh death becomes her remake and we we're just Ooh. like oh what are they doing yeah. <laughs> so, so plenty so, of fuel for the fire
1: totally so within three months from now there's going to be uh a reggie uh action figure doll you pull the string you are my bug <laughs> and then i say, say other phrases like hot takes for remakes and uh yeah so <laughs> retro versus remake there we go awesome hot takes for remakes
0: and with that i'm dan bulick i'm reggie parker this has been another episode of retro, retro versus, versus remake,
2: remake.